All right, welcome to Drinking in Degrassi. Alex, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a Grolsch. A lovely uh, German or Dutch beer, I think. Yeah, you know, one of those one European of the, One countries. of those European. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking rosé. Ooh. It's um, Lola. As I told you earlier, it's not a rosé evening. It, like, it's chilly, rainy out. I feel like I should be drinking red wine. But I have so much rosé in my fridge that I just need to get rid of it. So that's that's what I'm drinking. Okay. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So we are watching <laughs> two episodes tonight. Um, the Degrassi Next Generation episode, Parents Day. And then the Degrassi Junior High episode, Parents Night. Ooh, so they go from night to day. They do. It's it's weird that it's called Parents Day because most parent interviews happen at night in the yeah, evening. Yeah, parents work. Yeah. Like, I, like it, it, it's so strange to see this where it's like, oh, like pe- parents are coming during the day. Like, may, they don't say whether it's on a Saturday or not. Like, I think it's meant to be a school day. I think it's a school day. It's very strange, though. Like, I d- there's there is no setup. They don't like go home and then come back with their parents. Like, no, we, we don't know what time it's happening. No, it's it. You know, not to jump too far ahead, but yeah, it's 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 weirdly set up for like it an af- being an afternoon. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, like in my experience, it was parents' night. Parents it was night. like you know meet, a night meet the in. Teacher night. Yeah, it was usually end of September, early October. So it makes sense, like. Season one of Next Generation is moving a little fast. Like, I think we've done every episode so far in order. We have. And th- they jump from, like, the the school election to the school dance to this now. And it's like, I, I remember Parents' Day being a little further, in, like, usually in October or yeah. something. Like, yeah, because I think they want an opportunity to, like, show the parents some sort of progress like they want to be able to be like your child is meeting expectations or your child is not so bright and this is the evidence we have yeah like i think i want to say my school did like um they did like a barbecue they would Mm -hmm. do in like september or october like at the closer to the beginning of the year where it's like this is where your parents can come and meet your teachers and you would do the parent teacher night um a little further into the semester so that the par- the teachers actually had something to say. Yes, it was usually like in the be- like more so in the beginning of the year, again with the barbecue. Um, but like we said, like closer to October, so that like usually yeah. after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I remember it. Like it was never winter, but it was always fall. Like yes. it was later fall. Like so a crisp fall night. Yeah. Get down. Sorry, my my dog is. <sighs> She's adventurous. Whenever we start, she's just like, oh, you're busy? I'm going to see what I can fuck up for you. <laughs> that, that's Puggles for you. Yeah, she's a Puggle. Her name is Matilda. We call her Tilly. And uh, she is intensely listening to us right now. Yep. She loves Degrassi. She, I think, would be a JT fan. Because she is mischievous. Yeah. She likes to, you know, cause mayhem. I think she'd be a JT fan. I don't think she would like Liberty, though. No. 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 Well, this early in the show, nobody likes Liberty. But, um, you know. I don't like Liberty. No. No. I got to be honest, too. 
I don't love this episode. This is like the first real, I don't want to say miss, but like it's not. It does nothing for me. And I wonder if it's because we said a little bit off mic, but like this is the first episode to not be a remake of a junior high episode. Yes. As much as the junior high one is called Parents Night, it is almost not not about Parents Night at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every other episode we've talked about so far has had a, a counterpart in the first season of junior high or, you know, has had elements of, of Degrassi High episodes. So this is the first one to really um, go off on its own. And I think it, it suffers a bit. It's a little too all over the place. Yeah, there's a lot that happens before Parents' Day and then a lot that happens during Parents' Day that we will discuss. Yeah. Okay, so right, let's, let's, uh, let's jump into it. We'll hit play. We'll get into it. Yeah. So it starts with uh, JT and Toby walking up to the school. Yeah. Toby, and J- oh, sorry, yeah. Toby is counting down the minutes until Parents' Day. He's doing like minutes, like hours, minutes, seconds. Like he's he's really getting into it about like just how close it is to uh, Parents' Day starting. He is suffering. He is so anxious about this day. Yeah. He does not want this to happen. No, because JT's sort of like, oh, like, I thought you said your dad and and Ashley's mom are getting along fine. He's like, no, it's not that. My mom is coming. And JT's like, oh, Oh, your mom? Yeah. Yes. So they talk about, as we remember from the first episode, JT and Toby met at camp. JT is talking about the time that there was Parents' Day at camp, I think. Yeah. Or something happens at camp where both parents are there together. I think they both came to pick him up because she forgot or or there was something to do where yeah she she's a very busy lady and she messed something up on her schedule she's a successful businesswoman yes she's a boss bitch yeah and uh toby's dad doesn't appreciate that she you know seems to always be putting her job first she's got a life outside of toby and that's okay yeah all right yeah and yeah jt's saying like yeah so jt's like oh we should sell tickets like he's He's the real, they're really writing him as the Joey. Like, he's really yeah. trying to be, like, the mischievous troublemaker. Uh, I don't care like, whose toes I'm stepping on. He's a little bit like Degrassi's Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy to think that, like, junior high happened before The Simpsons. Yeah. Junior high started in 87, so, like, yeah. maybe The Simpsons shorts might have been happening at that time. Okay. But I don't think, like, Full Simpsons didn't start until 89. I uh, wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. I wasn't either. Really? Yes. uh, It was, there was two shows we weren't allowed to watch. The Simpsons, and you can't do that on television. We weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons or much music. My, well, I mean, I wasn't really interested in music until much later. Like, I missed out on, like, a whole era of music. Like, I, I was born in 87, and I was too young for, like, grunge. Like, when you think, like, the big albums came out in 91. Like, I just, grunge completely passed me by. Like, I got into music, you know, in air quotes, around, like, boy bands, girl bands. Yeah, yeah. The the heyday of the boy and girl bands, the late 90s. Yeah. So, um, so my parents were never against much music. But the YTV show, you can't do that on television where, like, people will get slimed or whatever. Oh, yeah that show yeah we weren't allowed to watch that and we weren't allowed to watch the simpsons because bart said stuff like like eat my shorts yeah Yeah. but 
I was still allowed to have like Simpsons merchandise. Like I had a, a Bart Simpson towel. I had a Bart Simpson shirt. I had a talking Bart doll. Because I feel like as much as parents really didn't want to, their kids to watch The Simpsons, it's because they said that Bart was a brat. Like that his name actually is an anagram for brat. Like, yeah. He was mean to Homer. He yep. would always question Homer. He talked back to he everyone. He talked back to everybody. You couldn't escape The Simpsons merchandise. No. My, so like i feel like at one point maybe mcdonald's even sold like in the happy meal simpsons stuff i think it was burger king burger king got like simpsons dolls mm-hmm. that you could get as a kid i collected keychains and the first keychain i ever how got many, how many keys did you have on your keychain um that's the thing like i didn't have any like i <laughs> like, had a key what, to my own little you, safe what were you unlocking as a child nothing <laughs> it's funny like because we w- i was at the exhibition with my parents as like a two or three year old i saw bart simpson keychain and yep. my dad won it for me cute and then my nana who lived in florida came up and brought me like some california raisins keychains okay and then it was just sort of like oh like this i collect a, this, this now this is a thing i have two yeah gotta so keep it going i had uh, and then anytime my grandma my nana went on a trip she would just be like oh i went to vegas here's a keychain i went on a cruise here's a keychain i went mm-hmm. to wherever so but it all started with bart simpson and um yeah it was just it, it was inescapable like simpson's merchandise when you know in, in the late 80s early 90s yeah. so um all right that's that was a a nice detour yeah so we're back at degrassi yes <laughs> yeah yes jt is the bart that's what yes. we we're getting at yes so toby's trying to hatch up a scheme to not have his parents come to parents day yeah and i don't think jt really understands because he's like you're a genius your parents should be like really excited to see how well you're doing yeah but jt is also sympathetic where he's like hey sorry man like i uh i didn't realize your parents were that bad because he's only seen toby's parents interact at yeah that one camp thing yes where they had the big blowout so we're starting in media immersion with teacher simpson yeah and so i guess for some reason so they do the video announcements which we talked about actually yeah. does the video announcements yeah but once a week i guess they have an kids news channel take over the announcements yeah like a, it's basically like an advertorial or like, yes. yeah a yeah. paid a paid news program um and emma in her in true caitlin <sighs> form because they've really established like emma is the new caitlin she's yes. very against uh these this it, it i it is a bit of propaganda it's called news about kids n-a-k n-a-k and liberty loves it Liberty oh. has this huge shit-eating grin on her face. <laughs> so they are talking about squeegee kids. Yes, which was like something that was talked about a lot when we were around that age. Yeah, because I guess like if you drove into Toronto at like major intersections, they weren't always kids though. They were no, like young it, adults. It was young adults. It was a way that kids who are either living on the streets or just, needed just money. trying to make money they would walk up to your car and like squeegee off your windshield for money for money and if you didn't have money there was like horror stories of like oh if you didn't pay them they'd smash your windshield which i don't think ever really happened it was it was one of those things where like it might have happened once and then was referenced forever yep but 
So, growing up in the GTA as we did, we we knew of Squeegee Kids. Yes. Yeah, it's it's not really a thing anymore, but... No. So, Emma is disgusted by that broadcast. Yeah. Because they were talking about how bad Squeegee Kids are and how bad of a problem it is. Yeah. So, she is gonna... She's, she's gonna fight against it. Yeah. Yeah. Liberty obviously finds them very annoying. And Liberty gets to talk about her father. And uh, she says, like, if, if another... If another uh, if one of those dirty kids touches his window, he's going to call the mayor. Because he knows the mayor. Which, like, okay, Liberty, cool flex. Like, yeah. my God, she does... This is why I don't like Liberty. She does no favors for herself. No. She, like, makes no qual... Like, she doesn't care that nobody likes her. And, in yep. fact, she kind of, like, uses that to go against the grain even more. Yeah. And this is just an example of why Liberty sucks. Yeah. He knows the mayor. Now, at the time, the Toronto mayor wasn't a uh, crack mayor, Rob Ford. It was Mayor La- Mel Lastman. Yeah, I was going to say, of <laughs> Lastman's bad boy. <laughs> nobody! nobody. <laughs> Nobody's better, nobody. So Emma is talking about how hard it is to be a squeegee kid. Yeah. Uh, I don't love the term squeegee kid. I feel like no. that's kind of offensive. <laughs> yeah. So she's talking to Manny about how it, how the NAK news really bothers her. Yes. And then she's she turns around, she's walking backwards, and she bumps into Sean, who's sort of like, oh, like, like gives her sort of a look. And as we established in the last episode at the dance, like... They dance. She's sort of into him, but yeah. they, she doesn't know where they stand. He's no, still nothing, a mystery. Nothing's happening yet. Yeah. I think they both like each other, though. Yeah. So we're in the girls' bathroom with Paige, Terry, and Ashley. Ashley's bummed because NAK took her prime spot. Yes. And Paige says, anytime NAK takes your spot, you're always in a bad mood. And Ashley's breaking out or is convinced she's breaking out. She has like one, maybe, maybe one pimple. Relax. Yeah. Terry's putting on earrings at school. I don't know if she's not allowed to put on her earrings at home, but... She might have t- had to take them out for gym. That's true. I don't think her dad would ever get mad at her. Yeah. They seem to have a really good relationship. Um, they talk about oh. the unseen character. Oh my god, I think this is the first time we hear about Heather Sinclair. Did they mention her in the dance episode? I don't no. know. Okay, This is so. the first ever mention of heather sinclair so if if you somehow have never seen degrassi and you just love us so much that you are listening to the show we need to establish that heather sinclair is the maris crane of of degrassi she's she's the uh norm's wife of cheers she's the unseen character who is talked about all the time she's the howard's mom from big bang theory yes she we don't even hear her voice she's talked about and even more so as the uh, seasons go on yeah um they really do her dirty this phantom character where like they describe her as this like evil evil person she's really ugly uh, she's kind of the stephanie k to an extent of yeah. of this where like she she's is, infamous <clears throat> yeah she's she's the queen bee she's the regina george yeah but they they wisely were like we can't have a character i mean they would do it later with like Darcy maybe or somebody Mm -hmm. but like at this point they're sort of like no we're gonna commit to like not showing the queen bee yes she's only going to be off screen so they say they're talking about um 
you know, being on camera and being an actress. And Terry says, like, oh, Heather Sinclair has an agent. And Paige, who they just showed, like, go into a stall, use the stall, and then come out of the stall. I'm like, that's a little weird. Like, it's implied, like, she just peed. Like, it's it's a little weird. Um, and she walks out of the stall after flushing, being like, Heather Sinclair has an agent? Yes. They're all very dismissive that uh, the unseen Heather Sinclair, you know, how, how could she have an agent? So... There is a fan theory that you see a glimpse of Heather Sinclair in an episode. Okay. It's later, later, later on when they're doing yoga in a class. And I guess, like, you see a teacher adjust a student's pose. Yeah. And Paige says you are, to the teacher, you are all, you're giving Heather attention. You're all over Heather Sinclair. So... The theory is, is the girl that he was helping adjust was Heather Sinclair. Okay. That's just a theory. It could have been just any other student. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was her. Okay. Who knows? It's later on. We'll we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah. Maybe. They're all saying like, how, how would you even get an agent? Where would you find an agent? And Ashley's like, oh, Toby's mom is an agent. I have an in because like, you know, Toby's like almost my stepbrother. Yeah. Her and Terry leave and Paige... I'm glad they show Paige wash her hands because they did imply that she just peed. So they show Paige wash her hands and she's got this look on her face. She, like She has like a little scheme face on. Yeah. Um, so Ashley approaches Toby. Before this, Ashley very rarely even identifies Toby as a human. Yeah. And she's saying, is your mom going to come to parents night? Yeah. And Toby's like, yeah, why? No reason. Yeah. And her and Ashley and Terry walk away with huge grins on their faces, like "Oh boy!" Oh, th- we're get we're in. We we're yeah. getting an agent. So the boys go sit down with uh, Emma and Manny. Emma's still uh, mad, F- fuming about N N A K. Yeah, she's talking about buying brand loyalty. I gotta say, they're in grade seven. She knows a lot about that type of stuff. For grade seven. Yeah. She knows a lot about environmental issues. Yeah. She knows a lot about, like, humanitarian issues. Well, I mean, she was being groomed by an old man that was all into that stuff. So she must have studied up to impress uh, Jordan, who was actually that old man. Yeah. Um, But, and it's funny, because, like, I remember being in grade five, six, seven. And that was, those were the years where, um, I don't know if they did it in the States, but in Canada, they had the Coke card. Where it was essentially like a rewards card that you carried yes, with you as a kid that you yes. got from the variety store. I remember that. And if you bought Coke products, it was like... You got was, points or something. You got like deals based on having yeah. this card. So like if you went to Kernels, which was like the popcorn store. Oh, they have really good popcorn. It was like if you buy one bag of Kernels, like one medium bag of Kernels and one, uh, you know, bottled Coke drink, you get a bag of Kernels free. If you buy a sub at you know mr sub and a coke you get a sub free so it was all these things it was this free promotional card you got but it hinged on you buying Buying coke Coke, yeah and as a kid i'm like this is great free is great (laughs) and and it's like i didn't care about anybody buying my brand loyalty no they got it for free and i loved it yeah i loved having a coke card it was great i like brand loyalty like I wouldn't even, like, my God, I was such a sucker. I wouldn't even question anything. No. But here's Emma questioning everything. Yep. And I love her for that. So, so they're she, like, oh, you're all talk, Emma. Like, what are you going to do about it? And she's like, I'm going to take action. So she storms away to go see Mr. Radich. And Toby's still bummed, worried about his parents. What are you going to do for a favor? 
Spinner and Paige are together, so they're officially dating. Yeah, and he point. just tells a really bad joke about how somebody's face looks like a monkey's butt. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, do you think Ashley's prettier than me? And he's like, what? Because she's thinking about getting Like, she is so competitive with Ashley that it's so ridiculous. Yeah, and she's like, oh, Spinner, like, Ashley wants to get an agent to be on TV, and Spinner's like, hey, you know what? Ashley would be great on TV. And Paige is furious. So mad that he had the audacity to say that. And then he's like, and then she's like, do you think I could be on TV? He's like, yeah, I guess so. So she's like, yes, gratification. I exactly what I need. validation from my meathead boyfriend. That, Telling a, a monkey butt joke. Yeah, that means I'm going to I'm gonna make it big. Yeah. I'm going to be a star. Yeah. And so, then Emma storms into Mr. Radich's office. I, like, the audacity of Emma. Like, I don't even think you would be able to, like, go see the principal without being called to the office in elementary school. Yeah, the vice principal is there to make sure you don't get to the principal. Yeah. The principal's there to run the school. The vice yes. principal's there to manage the kids. Yeah, he doesn't have time for her nonsense. He's a busy man. It's yeah. Par- it's parents' day. He's got shit to do. So she comes in and she's like, I think NAK sucks. And he's like, if we show NAK once a week, they, they bought us all the new computers yes. in the computer lab. 18 computers. Uh, and she's what? like, Do, don't you care that they're trying to brainwash us? And he's like, without their money, we wouldn't have those 18 computers. And I get where he's coming from as the principal of a school when, like, computers at this point were not an every household object. Computers at this point, they were tricking you into financing with commercials like... Uh, Zero down. Um, knocking on Buck-A-Day's yeah. door. Yeah. And do you think you really want a clone? They there were commercials about yes. if you buy a Dell, you can finance it for only like a dollar a day. Yeah. Like getting a computer the the entry point to getting a computer was so expensive at that time that like people were signing up for bad credit deals yes. in order to finance a computer for like years. And by the time they paid it off, it would be out of date. Like we we talked in the last episode, I think, about having computer rooms. Yeah. Like that's how like these like scary these machines were. That they were very incredibly expensive to have at that point. Yes. And you had to basically have an entire room for them because they were very loud and big. Yep. Um, and it was more just like you you all had to share it. Yes. It, it was so expensive. Like, it's Not crazy. At- like, even TVs at the time where it's like, if you were lucky, your house had like three TVs. Maybe. Maybe. Like- and that would be like one in your parents' bedroom. One in the main room and maybe one for the kids to use. Yeah. Like, we definitely never had TVs in our bedrooms growing up. I only did because I bought my own black and white TV at a garage sale (laughs) that I put in my room and I would watch, like, episodes of ER and stuff at night in black and white on my little TV. Yeah. That was, like... I didn't have a TV in my room until my... I moved back home from college because I had a TV at school and brought it home with me. Yes. Like, that is the one thing that has, as much as inflation is killing us all slowly right now, yes. the price of TVs and computers and technology has dropped so drastically that, like, imagine telling a kid that, like, no, like, when I was a kid, like, y- y- you, y- we had, like, two TVs in the house. You yeah. had to watch what was on, what your you, parents were you watching. You had to watch, like... Yeah, whatever your parents are watching. Um, 
And, like, most of the time, I remember coming downstairs on, like, a Saturday, and my dad would be watching golf. And I'd be like, oh, today's going to fucking be boring. Yeah. Because he would watch golf for hours. Yep. And it is incredibly boring to watch and incredibly boring to, like, overhear throughout the house. It was one of those things where, like, I didn't get into it until I was older. And then even then, it was, like, the only time to to watch golf was on Sunday night when it would be the end of the tournament and it would be like, they're going to decide a winner. And after this, the Simpsons is on. <laughs> um, but so that's where I, I understand Radish. Like, yeah, the, the cost, like they were probably spending 2,500 to three grand on these computers yes. each. And, and that's 18 computers. And to his point too, he says, not every student has a computer in their house. Yeah. Unlike Emma, who had one in her own in her room. In her bedroom, Emma. Yeah. Get fucked. And she, like, so he says, like, these stu- like, students need these computers for schoolwork. They need these computers just for, like, to be able to do their homework. Yeah. He's do you even- want to tell these students that they shouldn't have access to these computers? Yeah. And she sort of sees his point, but she she does have a valid point that, like, these are, like, you know, these are skewed and, and yeah. definitely with a certain political point of view. Yeah. Like, their content is problematic. Yeah. It is propaganda to an extent. Yes. But... I would never even, like, question that as a 12-year-old. No. I would just be like, okay. I'd be like, I get to watch TV in school? This yeah, is Yeah, this is dope. So yeah. Radich is telling her, like, he's not arguing with her. He's saying, if he's, you he's, feel... Like, this is so diplomatic. Yes. For somebody who barged into his office, he's like, look, if you don't feel right about it, that's your opinion, yep. and I'll let you write an op-ed, and if you get it to me by four today... We'll put it in the Parents' Day issue of the school paper. Incredibly supportive. Yeah. That's the thing. Radish has always been supportive of the kids. Yeah. And then Ashley and Terry are talking about how they signed up to be part of, like, the greeting crew to meet all the parents when they come in. So, so they'll Ash- be the yeah. first to see Toby's mom. Toby's mom. And then Paige says, until she sees me, of course. Yeah. Because remember when you asked me a volunteer weeks ago? Well, now I finally did. So, yeah, like, so I'll be she'll there see as well. me. I gotta say, I feel like being Ashley's friend, especially for Terry, would be incredibly boring. Because everything centers around Ashley. Yep. Her problems with Jimmy. Yep. Her want to all of a sudden be an actress. Yep. Like, all Terry does is support Ashley. And yeah. it must be exhausting. Terry's a bit of an LD in the show. Yeah. In that, you know, like, she's uh, she's a bit of an LD and a bit of a Vula. Yeah. Um, Vula. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> oh, and I feel so bad. Like, ugh. It's so hard to talk about Terry and not think about where Terry's going to end up. Like, where be, her story goes. Yeah, it's you, so depressing. It is. Uh, justice for Terry. Yeah. I, I demand justice for Terry. Yeah. So, like, yeah, d- Terry is one of those characters that, I mean, arguably the episode, the dance was about her. Yeah. That was her episode. But again, it was about her in the worst way. Yeah. So, so Manny and Emma get to the computer room, the N- NAK sponsored computer room, yeah. as it would be as it is yeah so they go to sit down at a computer and the there's one chair free and one chair has sean's bag in it and they're both sort of like "Ooh, like we're afraid to ask sean to move his bag which is like this is definitely before like people talked about man spreading and and guys on the subway in toronto taking up a seat with their bag where it's like they're they're sort of afraid to say like hey move your move your fucking bag guy like and 
and there there is another example of patriarchy yeah um so emma is telling me any like okay imagine you're a, sque- a squeegee kid and yeah. she's creating a narrative of a day in the life of a squeegee kid i i think i assume yeah manny says okay i'm a squeegee kid sean does the biggest eye roll i mean to be fair he <laughs> he's seen the two of them around yes Neither of them is, like, super well-off, but compared to what we eventually learn about his situation, yeah. they are both doing much better. And yes. to hear them be like, oh, the plight of the people. And he's somebody <laughs> who's like, I am the people. Yes. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I, I get where he's coming from, like, overhearing these privileged girls yeah. try to imagine what it's like to... Live on the street. Live on the streets and have to squeegee windows for money. Yeah. Would be incredibly annoying. So I yeah. get it. So he rolls his eyes. Emma, like, looks over. And then she, she's like, can you move your bag? We need the chair. She is so afraid of Sean. Yeah. But, like. He moves it. He leaves. He yeah. is obviously very annoyed by them. Yeah. And I mean, like, also to to... To talk about the computers again, all of these computers have uh, LED screens or LCD screens, which at the time, like, I remember when we finally upgraded from having, like, a big, heavy CRT tube monitor to, like, an LCD screen. And, like, that was a huge deal. And that was expensive. Yes. I also want to point out that these students seem to have, like access to these computers whenever they need yeah they're not in class right now they're able to go to the computer room and use them yeah it's almost like study hall or something <laughs> oh my gosh I'm it's so- almost like study hall or something so once again to radage's point like these are available for students for whatever they need them to be yeah like in my high school we had computers in the library but yes. there was only like Let's say 10. There wasn't... Yeah, there... There was like 10 in the library, and then beyond that... So we had computers in the library, and I don't even remember how many. Yeah. We had computers in the business class. Yeah, I was just about to say business class. But they were Where you just learned the Microsoft Office suite. That's about it. (laughs) You learned how to use Excel. Yeah. Um, But they weren't available for students at all times. No. Um, they were they were computer labs as they called it. And then we had like a resource room where like if you needed to use a computer to like do something last minute you could go and use it. But we had like in the we had like the secretary's office yeah. or like the guidance office and there was like two computers yes. in there that you could print yeah, from. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah. again, like we didn't have like a computer room with all access computers. No. And in the library and like this was high school too. The librarians had the this software installed on all the computers where like they could click on and see what you were doing and if they didn't if you were like on some website that was wasting your time, they'd like close the window. Wow. Yeah. They had like full uh access. So like if you tried to open a site, they would like override your mouse and click you out. I wonder what Emma would think about that. Ugh. I'd love to read her op-ed. So, so the girls are working on that, and we zoom over to uh, Toby and JT, and Toby's explaining to JT how he's forging a letter yes. that he's going to give to his dad, uh, saying that Parents' Night is... He His dad doesn't have to come to Parents' Night because Toby is exceeding all expectations. Yes. Which, like, again, as a parent, you'd be like, this is fraud. You're a liar. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely coming to Parents' Night. Yeah. Also, the... 
on ingenuity that Toby displays doing this yeah. for a grade seven, incredible. I would never think to do that. No, I remember trying to like Photoshop or uh, whatever the term, like, oh, insert a picture on top of a Word document. Like, mm-hmm. it is the most complicated shit when you are a kid. Like, yes. trying to understand how to, like, business class was actually useful in high school. Of like, how do you, how do you wrap text around an image in a Word document? Yeah, and all how that do stuff? you, like, how do you add? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. But, again... Toby's a genius. Yes, Toby's a genius. And also, I wouldn't even know how to word a letter from my teacher to my parents explaining that they don't need to come to something. It sounded like he used a thesaurus. Like that episode of Friends where Joey writes the recommendation letter for Monica and Chandler. Oh, like when you are in Word, one of the early, like, Word editions yeah when you could clip on the little paper clip yeah clippy clippy and yeah. get a thesaurus to change all of your words to big letters yeah what a great great tool that was yep hey it looks like you're writing a recommendation you're, letter you're, how you're can right, i help with you're that? writing a resume do you want to swap that word for this yes i do yeah thanks clippy that, that word sounds a lot more intelligent than what i'm trying to write over here yeah jt's sort of reading the letter out over uh over toby's shoulder and we don't really get to see it too much um a bit of a spoiler for what's ahead but like it is apparently filled with grammatical grammatical errors and uh spelling mistakes well yeah because he's in grade seven yeah we barely get to see it the things we do see it's like oh that should be capitalized that should be spaced out but like you need a comma there yeah that's a run-on sentence. And then we uh, see Emma, like, running to the student activity room, which is where the newspaper is, is hey, written. Hey, can we talk about the fact that not only do they have a student activity room, they have a school newspaper in elementary school? Okay, so... Please tell me your school had a school newspaper. When I was in grade six, my teacher... Mr. Ridge, it was his first year as, like, full-time teacher. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of initiatives that he wanted to, like, get off the ground. <clears throat> oh, like, he was all, like... He was like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And one of the things he did was, he's like, we're going to do a school newspaper, but, like, it'll be part of your English mark. Okay. So it's like, eat. there's going to be, like, eight... Uh, let's say our class was, like, 24 kids. He's like, you're going to rotate on... So it's like you write an uh, you write for the first issue, then you take two issues off or whatever. Okay. I went to a school called Tuck in Burlington. Our uh, mascot was Coogie the Cougar. So our school paper was the Coogie Press. Cute. And uh, I still have all three issues of the Coogie Press at home okay. because I'm a weird, obsessive, uh, save everything kind of person. So. My elementary school, there was, I think, a grade... I don't even think it was a class. I think, like, a couple students wanted to do a student, like, newsletter. Yeah. I remember there might have been, like, maybe a handful of editions, and then it just stopped. They lost interest in it, and I think the teacher that was, like, helping them or supervising them just didn't want to do it anymore. So that was it. That was our student newsletter. We did the newspaper only my grade when it was like his first year teaching, and then after that, like they never did it again. Yeah, it's hard to maintain it's a lot of work. something like that. I was supposed to write a review of a Sherlock Holmes play that we went to go see, and I'm like, um, love that. Yeah, and okay. I just sort of bailed. So I remember we... writing part of it and then just throwing it in my closet and being like, I'll I'm worry done. about I'm that done. later. I'm done with that. 
Yeah. So we're back at the student activities room, which and looks kind of like just a closet. Yeah, and Emma, I don't know if she's... They, I don't know if it's on a floppy disk or if it's actually on like a USB it's drive. It's on a USB drive. Okay, they were that far advanced at this point. Yes. They, they weren't using floppies anymore. Yes. Oh, no, it actually, it's a floppy. She it's handed a floppy? Her a floppy. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just a teeny <clears throat> tiny USB. So she hands Liberty the floppy, and Liberty's like, you were supposed to have this in my 4 o'clock. It's like quarter after. And Okay, Liberty. And Emma's like, is it too late? And Liberty's like, I'll make an exception this time, but like, don't get in a habit of it. Like, deadlines okay. are deadlines. For Emma's not on the student newspaper. This is just a featured article by Emma. Yeah, it's Emma. an op-ed. So why would she make a habit of it? And also, once again, this shows how Liberty doesn't want to make friends. Liberty is looking out for Liberty, but also, gotta say, she's kind of carrying the school on her back. Yeah, she's doing so much unpaid labor. She's putting in the work and getting no credit for it. Yeah. Except for everyone shitting all over her. Yep. So, Toby's dad is reading this faux letter from from Mr. Simpson. Yeah. I think I said it in the last episode because that's the first or second time we see Toby's dad. He's kind of he's kind of hot for a dad. He's got great hair. He's got great I'll give hair. Him that. He looks like he would have a really funny personality. Yeah, I mean he's to- like Toby's not an unfunny kid, but we also get to see how weirdly high strung he is. Yes. In just a few seconds, he's when... a very very anxious kid. Well, when when he finds out that Toby's mom is coming to parent teacher day. Yeah. He's not just like, oh, are you ki- are you kidding me? He's like, oh, typical, just like your mom doing this without telling me, and like loses. It. He goes from like zero to sixty so fast. It's very telling, a that no wonder why this relationship didn't work out. Yep. And b, I don't think Toby's dad is that nice. No. Like clearly, they didn't have a great relationship. I mean, I what when they get a little more into it, like his criticisms of her while valid mm-hmm. seem very intense for like yeah i get it like she put her job first that sucks i i don't know if they really established what his job is i don't remember i think he's like an actor or like a musician yeah whatever it is i i guess he did a little more of taking care of toby and he really resents the fact that like she put her job first and like i understand this is at the time where like you know, met a lot of men felt emasculated if the wife was the breadwinner. But like for me as a kid, watching this stuff was kind of weird because like yeah. I grew up in a house where my mom worked and my dad stayed at home with us because yeah. he had been a bartender. It it wasn't going to pay as well as my mom being a nurse. So she worked and he took care of us kids and he did for all the housework and stuff. Both of my parents worked, but my, both my parents worked shift work. Yeah. So my dad was home a lot in the evenings. Yeah. And my mom worked most evenings. Mm -hmm. So my dad was the one that would come to like girl guide events for us, which like was super cute. So once again, like seeing this. Yeah. It's a weird for both of us because like to to have Toby's dad be so mad about like being the one who took care of him where it's like, no, like I was always a a little closer with my dad. Like me and my mom are great, but like. My dad, because he was home with us more, like, I had more of a bond with my dad. I think this also is a lot, so it's, it's before a lot of parents or a lot of parents on TV were, like, shown to try and make, like, co-parenting really work. Yeah. And it was, like, very much shown on TV, like, 
when you get divorced, like, parents are just resentful and mean to each other, and they talk badly about each other, especially on Degrassi. I feel like it happens yeah. a lot. But Toby's dad is very skeptical of this letter. Yeah. Because he says he got a letter personally from Mr. Simpson two weeks ago. Yeah. So he's asking him what's happening. Yeah, and he's 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 sort of figured out. He's like, "Why don't you want me to go to Parents Day? Like, are you doing that poorly in school?" But I love that he's like trying to have a heart to heart with Toby. It's very yeah. cute. I mean, I think he thinks Toby's doing badly in school because this letter is so poorly forged. Yeah. He yeah, and again, he says like, "Oh, mom's going," and yeah, his dad loses shit. He's like, "Oh." Typically, your mom doesn't even tell me she's going blah, blah, blah. And Toby calls him out on it. And yep. it's like he had to be talked down from the ledge. And he realizes, like, okay, I get it. And and he's like, hey, Toby, don't worry about it. Me and your mom, we're on better terms. It's not the way it used to be. We don't fight as much. Like, it'll be okay if we both show up to Parents' Day. Yeah. And he's like, what, you, do, you just don't want me to go? And Toby's like, of course I want you to go. And I want mom to go. I just don't want you guys there together. So are we... Suppose, like, I think at this point, like, Toby lives primarily with his dad, right? Yeah, I think he okay. says that, like, he sees his mom every other weekend or something. Okay. Yeah, because, like, she's she's busy. She's a, she's a talent agent. In Toronto. Yeah. Making that sweet, sweet 10%. So now it's parents' night, uh, okay, so or parents' day still. The outfit <laughs> that Ashley is wearing. So she is wearing a black turtleneck with... Yeah silver hoop earrings she's got her little bob her hair bob it looks like she's in like uh like a beat poetry reading or like one of those like famous people players plays yeah i gotta say though my older sister during this time rocked a lot of my older sister at this time very much looked like ashley okay she wore a lot of hoops yeah a lot of turtlenecks had the short bob she didn't watch Degrassi. She just, I guess, they had the same style. Yeah, they watched the same commercials. I, If my sister permits it, I might post a picture of her in a school photo wearing very much the same outfit. I'd love that. That'd be great. Okay. So um, Ashley's putting on some eyeliner. She's and struggling. And doesn't seem to know how to do eyeliner because she, like, basically stabs herself in the eye. No, Terry helps her. And once again, Ashley loses it on Terry and says... That's my eye, Terry. I need that to see. Yeah. Don't ask for help. Yeah. Or don't wear eyeliner if you don't know how to put it on. Yeah. My God. Justice so Terry's, for Terry. Terry's just being a supportive friend, as yes. always. Oh, poor. Terry needs to stand up for herself yeah. a little bit more. And Paige walks out of the stall. Paige pees again. <laughs> and wearing, like, a gold lame top. So it's a crop top, which, yeah. like... I don't think would fly at Parents' Day. Again, she's she's dressing like the new Stephanie K, where it's like, this is insane that you were wearing this. So she also, <clears throat> I, it's a fake tattoo, a fake armband yeah. tattoo. Yeah, is it a tribal armband yes. tattoo? So she's got that on. She's got this like gold sequence top and like very low brown pants. Yeah. Which I feel like I had the same pair of pants. Yeah. Are they um, hip huggers or what are they technically? Yeah, like <clears throat> low whatever. Low rise. Low rise, yeah. She kind of looks like she's in Josie and the Pussycats. Yep, that's true. Uh, Love that movie. But uh, but again, not really not appropriate. On a, not on a 12-year-old. Not appropriate for Parents' Day. Yeah. So Toby's walking in with his dad. 
Uh, Toby, I think, is looking for his mom and is like, oh, she's not even here. Then she walks right past them without him saying anything. And Ashley's like, oh, hey, look, it's uh, Toby's mom. And introduces, and she's like, oh, it's so nice to see you again. Do you remember me? I'm Ashley, blah, blah, blah. And then Paige swoops in and is like, oh, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Paige and blah, blah, blah. And, like, obviously this mom isn't there to scope out talent, really. But she's there to, like... Learn about her kid. To learn about her kid, who she has she's very... she's an absentee mom. Very minimal contact <laughs> She needs with. to go and learn about her kid, because it's the only place she's going to learn about him. On mutual territory with her ex. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Toby's dad's like, oh, nice of you to show up. Late. And then she's like, I told Toby I was going to be late. Did he not tell you? And he's like, uh, No. Here, why don't you come with me? I know where I'm going, because... Uh, I've been here before. Yeah. And then, yeah, Paige swoops up again behind Toby's mom and is like, Oh, it's Paige, Michael Chuck. It's so nice to, again to meet you. And and Ashley... Uh, Ashley chirps her by saying, Smooth, Michael Chuck. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then Once Ashley's again, like, I'd rethink that makeup. It makes you look washed out. And it's Paige. like, to be fair, she's right. But yes. that's really rude. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. And once again... I don't understand how these three are friends because they treat each other like shit. Yeah. They are not, like, building each other up. They're constantly looking to tear one another down. Because they're not even like Betty and Veronica where it's like, oh, we're fighting over a boy. We're doing whatever. They're just fighting. Yeah, they're just, like... They just don't like each other. Having this bitch off and Paige seems to never be happy she's like oh i won because i got spinner as my boyfriend and then even then she's like oh like i'm not happy i do like Paige and spinner together they really grow together as a cute little couple yes throughout the the seasons i think jimmy and ashley are a better couple I like Jimmy. And I have Ashley. to watch. I have to rewatch a little more of this before I can get on board with it. Because like up until this point, Jimmy has basically zero personality. Yeah. Jimmy is Spinner's friend, and also the guy who keeps reminding Sean that he he's failed in, a grade. He's in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and up until this point, we don't really see a lot of Jimmy and Ashley's relationship. No, we just see him being like, "Congratulations, Miss President." Yeah. That's about it. Yes. And them having their arms around each other. Yeah, but I think like as the the this season, I think as it goes on, they, yeah. they kind of they get a little cute. It's the next little... episode is their is like Jimmy's first big episode. Yeah, it's Not like actually ahead, but... about Jimmy, yeah. which I like because I loved Jimmy, loved Drake, still love Drake, but like Jimmy was my favorite male character. Well, besides besides Craig, I don't like Drake. Um, <laughs> uh, only because like I. I look at everything he's done music-wise, and I'm sort of like, eh. And then I look at somebody like The Weeknd, where I'm like, oh, you are so much better than Drake. I wish you were... I wish Drake didn't exist, and I wish that, like, you were just... I love yeah. Drake. Yeah. Um, Simpson <clears throat> is leading the Isaac clan into the room. Yeah. He looks so cute right now. He's got a little black button-up with a tie. He, like, stepped up. He knew his assignment as the teacher. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're going to talk about Toby. And, like, he, he'd he be at the top of the class if he just applied himself. And, like, unfortunately, that was every criticism that my parents heard at parent-teacher night. I was just going to ask, got what were your criticisms? Exactly Toby's, where it's like, Alex is smart, yep. but doesn't do his homework and doesn't apply himself. He would be one of the best students if he actually worked hard. That's you know all what? my parents heard. And they're like, I am so mad because, like, if you were dumb... 
I wouldn't even care. Yeah, like it's but not your fault. You're the, just kind of like the a little fact that dumb. you're smart and you don't do your work. Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, like uh-huh. I'd rather just watch TV. <clears throat> My criticisms were that I talked a lot in class. Yeah. Oh, mine too. Um, to the point where I remember vividly my grade seven or grade eight teacher moving me because I was talking to my friend too much like literally like tried the most to embarrass me by like having me like physically like pick up all of my stuff from my desk and move me yeah to sit somewhere else and I literally was like I'm just gonna talk to this person yeah doesn't matter where you move me I'm just gonna talk yeah um so that was my criticism was that I talked a lot during class and that I often daydreamed a lot in class. I was always just like doodling and thinking about usually Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I would always think about that during class. That's fair. Especially Harvey. I loved Harvey. Harvey Kinkle. Harvey Kinkle was one of my first crushes. Um, uh, so I definitely didn't have the if I applied myself criticism because I did apply ooh. myself. I still just. I, I got it all the time. My parents would get so mad and I would also get like the talks too much and like to the point where my best friend and I met in kindergarten. Cute. And in grade grade three was the only time we were in a class together because I got switched classes because the one class is too full. Okay. And then um, it wasn't until grade eight that they put us in the same class again mm. because they knew that like we were just a bad influence on each other who talked all the time. But it was hard not being in homeroom with your best friend. But they did it to me every year because they knew that we would just talk all day if they You know didn't. what, though? I think it says a lot <laughs> about, like, the teacher, like, the teacher's ability to, like, maintain the class's attention. Like, if they're talking in class, like, why are, like, that says more about your classroom management style than, like, that student. Yeah. That's but, true. Anyway. So I think I think Mr. Simpson is doing a really great job of highlighting Toby's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and Toby's mom is like, I'm shocked to hear this. Toby's dad, how are you dropping the ball so much? Toby's with you most of the time. And Toby's dad is super defensive, like, hey, we're both his parents. And you know what? I kind of get that because, like, here she is attacking him. But, like, She's he, not there. he has her through the week. He has him through the week, sorry. Yeah. And, like... She's not there. She's not checking in. She's not calling to see if he's done his homework. Yeah. As, uh, that we know of. They're starting to, like, really fight. And Snake is realizing, like, oh, no. This is going to go sideways. Let's try and rein this in. And he, he calms them down a bit. And then we cut to outside the classroom. And we see Spike and Emma. And Spike is so proud of Emma. Like, oh, look at you. Doing so well in all your classes. I just want to point out what Emma's wearing right now. A brown shirt with brown pants. I feel like they really do the most with Emma in, like, earth tone neutrals to be, like, you're a vegetarian slash environmentalist, and this is your entire personality trait. It's also weird. I'll never get over the fact that, like, Emma's supposed to be 12. Yes. Uh, Spike had Emma when she was, like, 13 or 14. Yes. So Spike's, like, 25, 26, maybe. Yes, yes. That is insane to me it's for her a, to be walking around like, oh, I'm the mom of like a grade seven. Like, I'm I'm the mom of it's a, bonkers. a little grade seven genius. Yeah. I, bonkers. It, it is. It, it, I always forget that Spike is such a young mom. Yeah. Because we meet Spike when she's in her mid-20s. Yeah, mid-20s. 
raising Emma. Yeah. Who is 12. Yeah. Yes. I, like, don't even think I could raise a 12-year-old right now. And I'm in my 30s. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being 25 and having to be like, sorry, I can't go to the bar with you tonight. I have parents night. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's insane to me to sometimes look at this where, like, I always forget, like, it, it broke my brain when I was, because I'm, I'm going to be 34 in a little bit. When I was 32, I'm like, oh my God, I'm as old as Lorelai was in the first episode of Gilmore Girls because oh, Rory turns 16 yes. and she had Rory when she was 16. Yes. So at the beginning of Gilmore Girls, Lorelai yeah. is 32. Yeah. So to be like, oh my God, I am older than the moms I, on these shows. Granted, think, teen moms. Yes, yeah, teen moms. I think what always like strikes me is when like like I think to myself like, oh my God, like I couldn't even imagine like having like a kid right now, blah, 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 blah. I could have a kid right now. I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Like I'm not 20. <clears throat> I'm in my 30s. Yeah. My God. But you know what? I also don't think that I make smart decisions to be able to raise a child. I literally bought my dog a pheasant from Amazon because I thought (laughs) it was cute. Like, I don't make smart financial decisions, but at all. No. At all. I I bought a Tamagotchi the other day. (laughs) Like... Like, responsible adults with children don't buy that shit. No. Although it's, it's, it's not as easy anymore to just have a kid. Like, like Spike being like, oh, I'm a single mom who lives in a townhouse in downtown in Toronto. downtown Toronto. Where, I can't remember. Did she sell the salon or did she run? I don't, I don't remember. So, so she bought her mom's salon at the, I think, the end of the... Well, because in, in School's Out, she's working at the photo lab. Yes, so she's but she's not... she's in school. Right. She's in college. At the reunion, we hear that she bought the salon that right. her mom owned. Right. But I think she sells it because later on in the episode, like in the series, she and Emma go shopping and we see her working at like a salon like with other women. Right. So she must have sold the salon and like went to work somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but she's yeah it's crazy to think that like somebody running her own business doing all this stuff is like raising this super smart kid yes who did go through yes. like a traumatic experience like a month ago in the time of this show yeah um and that emma's like excelling at school um and spike's like super proud like because spike yeah. was never like spike was a good student but, but Spike was, was never, like, the smart kid. She wasn't no. on the trivia team with, like... Um, no, she wasn't, like, the Caitlin. Kathleen and Caitlin. Yeah, she got by. Like, she wasn't held back or in the remedial courses like Joey. Yeah. Um. So Emma and Spike are walking, and Emma says, Oh, come look at my article. Yeah. We see Sean and his older brother, Tracker. Is that his name? That's his name. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> so... We learned the last episode, I think, that Sean moves from Wasega to live with his brother. Yeah. His brother's only, like, 19 years old, I think. Bonkers. Could you imagine being 19 and being saddled with a 13-year-old to raise? No. No. Not at all. He was blacking out at the bars. Yep. Not a responsible... I wouldn't... I couldn't raise another human. No. 19 was like, okay, cool. I'm working two or three days a week. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm putting away a bit of money, but everything else is like, I had this whole schedule and like these other 19 year old friends, the ones of us who didn't go away to school right away, I... where it was like Monday night was like, oh, uh, 250 mixed drinks at this one bar until 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, we roll in around 930. We have a couple drinks before the price goes up and then we just dance all night or do whatever. Then the other night was like, oh, uh, 39 cent wing night and $20 pitchers at the other bar downtown. So it was like, okay, there's six of us. We go out two nights a week. We alternate. We all drive. So we alternate who drives. So you only had to be DD once every three weeks. In suburbia, this is before Uber. Yeah. Because I had the same kind of experience in my late 20s when I moved back home. Yeah. um, Where it was kind of like we would either meet at somebody's house and drink in their basement because yep. we didn't want to drive yep. or we would walk somewhere because it was like okay we don't want to be at our house with our parents even yep. though we're of age yep. and neither of us want to drive so yep. we're going to go hang out at a ravine in our 20s yeah there was, was like our experience. a pub near my house ish like it was like a 10 minute walk um and then beyond that every other place to drink in burlington was like okay you're gonna need to have somebody drive or take a cab and cabs were so again burlington oakville yeah it wasn't like there were cabs on the streets that you could hail no you had to call like an hour before to like book your cab yeah and it was like expensive it was it was at least 20 bucks every time it was always expensive and i mean sure if there's four of you and you're doing five bucks each whatever but Mm -hmm. like Anyways, so we would alternate DD and do all that yeah. stuff. And anyways, it's bonkers to see a twenty-five-year-old with her eleven or twelve-year-old, and then a nineteen-year-old with his thirteen-year, his twelve-year-old brother, or whatever. Yeah, long story short, neither we of old. us <laughs> were old, but neither of us were equipped in those ages to deal with another small human no. and make smart choices. No. Okay. So yeah. tracker. <laughs> I still can't get over that name. <laughs> Tracker is reading Emma's article and he is very upset because he's like, why is she upset? A free computer is a free computer. Yeah. And Emma hears it. And he says, an idiot wrote this. Yes. And then Emma's like, excuse me, I wrote that. And then he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't. And then Spike's like, yeah, she's not an idiot. And Emma's like, yeah, you know, like I have an opinion. And he's and she's like, if you don't get it, you're an idiot. And then Sean's like, hey, it's not even that serious. Mm-hmm. And then anyways, there's big back and forth. Uh, your brother's wrong. He's being incredibly rude to her, though. Yeah. He's like, you don't think it's wrong that Sean's falling behind in school because I don't have a computer at home? I don't. Which, I can't afford a computer. Which I get. Like, I yeah. get that frustration. Like, you, you don't know what it's like to be 19 and having to raise a child. Yeah. Um... Which Spike obviously does, because yes. they cut to Spike looking upset, being like, I definitely identify with this guy. Yeah. I think my daughter's right, but I definitely see this guy's point. And yeah, then Emma but is... Like, so my issue with this is, like, A, it's incredibly rude the way that he's speaking to her. He's, yeah. He's an adult. Yeah. And I get where he's coming from, where he's saying, like, okay, you had an opinion, and I can argue that. And yeah, you have to watch this propaganda, but you, it got you a computer. Yes, and you should stand by what you're saying. You should be able to defend your work. 
But also, I'm a little bit mad at Spike for not defending her daughter either. Spike jumps in a little bit, but I think Spike, they do show her sort of like having that realization moment where like, Emma doesn't get what it's like to be a teenager raising a kid and to not have what you needed. Yes. And Spike definitely gets it and sort of like, ooh, I'm going to talk to Emma about this a bit later. I'm not going to fight this guy. But then when he's like, this article's garbage. And then he crumples it up and he's like, oh, it looks like garbage. And it smells like garbage. Which like, that's when Spike should jump in and be like, look, you're being an asshole to my daughter. Like, have your opinion, but like, don't say it's garbage. So Spike looks upset, but obviously doesn't want to fight this guy. But gives Emma, you know, a bit of a hug and cut back to Simpson. And Simpson's like, this is the longest. I can't believe it. Our parents, it was like, you get 15 minutes. That's yes. it. Yes. Yes. Like, this is the longest interview. Yeah. It's, and Snake is like, you know, uh, it was only once, but like Toby cut class. And Toby's parents are like incensed. Like, how could you? And Toby's like, oh, I just, you know, didn't go to class. It's no big deal. It is weird that he was able to cut class because he's saying, like, I lost track of time in the computer room. Like, yeah. he, that should have been during a class time. And the teacher should have been like, where where the fuck is my student? Because, okay, in high school, I know people who cut class. In, yes. In junior high, elementary, whatever you want to call no. it. Impossible to cut impossible. class. They would know as soon as you're missing and they'd call your parents. Yep. And it was like a big deal. Yes. An Amber Alert would have been issued. Yeah. My, did you have... A you alert? <laughs> yeah, a me alert. Yeah. Um, did you have... We used to call it the Skipatron. Oh, the robot that called home? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So my... <laughs> Alex I, missed fourth, period. I hope my older sister isn't listening. I, although I kind of hope she is because, you know... We need all the listeners. Yeah, support. She skipped a lot in high school. Yeah. I would skip occasionally, but not that much because I was always afraid of getting in trouble. But she yep. would skip a lot. And and you know what? She's very successful right now. She's a nurse, healthcare hero. She's got a beautiful child, beautiful home. She's doing the damn thing. Yep. I'm allowed to make fun of her a little bit for this. But she <laughs> skipped a lot and the Skipatron would call all the time. <laughs> and I remember... She and I also used to fight a lot during this time. So, like, if she and I were on good terms, if I got the phone before her, I'd be like, oh, it's just the wrong number and hang up. If she and I were mad at each other and I got to the phone before her, I'd be like, oh, mom, the phone's for you. And, like, I would be, like, an asshole sister getting her in trouble. But that's what I remember. And then the odd time that I did skip, if it called and she got to it before me, if she was mad at me, she would do the same thing. So, yeah. You know. But skipping in, in, you know, junior high, that's insane. Like, it didn't happen. It's impossible. And once again, I apologize because my dog is trying to kill her pheasant. (laughs) And Toby's parents are losing their shit. Like, this is, like, you would expect they were like, oh, Toby raped a girl. Like, they are are so furious. They are irate. And it gets to the point where, like, they fade down their mics and, like, Toby's just sort of, like, spaced out and freaking out. You know 100% that after this long, long, awkward parent interview, Snake went to the bar and drank. Yeah. He definitely, like, called Joey and was like, you wouldn't believe the night I had. Yeah. Come meet me. I'm having beers because I can't get over it. Yeah. And then Toby, Toby spaces out a bit and then yells at his parents and is like, look, you want to blame something? Blame video games. Don't blame each other. You guys are both doing what you can, but, like, you can't fight about me. 
Yeah. I'm in charge of my life. I'm an idiot who's playing yeah. video games instead of going to class. Stop fighting each other. This isn't about you. This is about me. Yeah. And it gets to the point where even Snake is like, hey, you know what? Like, I think we've made some progress here, but like, let's let's like cooler heads prevail, blah, blah, blah. And sort of talks them down. And then they're on their way out. Nash is like, hey, how'd everything go? And Toby's dad sort of lies. He's like, oh, you know, like, went well. And, you know. Uh, then Paige swoops Paige, in and is like, Toby, hun, like, you know, I'm so glad that things are going well. I and... don't even think Toby and Paige have ever spoken to one another. No. So she, the mom walks away. They're having a little heart to heart. And Paige is holding something and looking at it in the background. This will come into play. Uh, and <laughs> and like also... Toby's mom is like, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm going to try and not fight your dad and try and be there more. But like, yeah. you know, it's hard with my job. And You know what? You'll thank me when you get older and I give you money. Yeah. Um, two things. Yeah. Where is Ashley's mom? Because it's parents night and Ashley's mom should be there. Yep. Second thing. Where the fuck are Paige's parents? Yeah. Why aren't they there? Yeah. I mean, maybe we miss them that we do only really focus on Toby. Toby's parents yeah. and then Spike and then uh, uh, Sean's. Tra- tracker. Yeah. Tracker. Um. Do you think that Tracker was named Tracker because he grew up in Masega? Small town Masega? Yeah. And then Toby's mom's like, Ashley, you have my permission to like keep this monkey in line. And it's like, that's how you can tell she hasn't really parented her kid in a while because she, call, she call, still calls him like monkey. And it's like, okay, like obviously your son has aged out of you calling him monkey okay. to, other, to other people. Two things. So Ashley's like, absolutely. It was so lovely to meet you. An absolute joy. And I think is about to give her her resume. Yeah. And then Paige jumps in and gives With her... With a Polaroid that, like, somebody had to take of her. I think it was Spinner. Yeah. And then she puts the Polaroid in her purse, walks up to Terry, the most beautiful girl at Degrassi. 100%. And Just, says, justice for Terry. Hey, you've got a great look. Give me a call sometime. I think you'd be great. And Terry's sort of like, what? Like, I wasn't even trying. But like I said, Terry being the most beautiful of the girls, and it doesn't shock me at all. So we cut to Ashley and Paige that look so upset. And once again, if they were truly her friends, they'd be like, awesome. They'd be like, I'm sad it's not me, but I'm glad it's you. Yeah, call her. This is really cool for you. I'm yeah. happy for you. And instead, they're just like, oh, woe is me. Yeah, why did Terry get the card? I worked so hard on my gold sequence uh, outfit. Terry's fucking gorgeous. Terry is beautiful. Yeah. Justice for Terry. Yeah. So Sean's in the computer room because he doesn't have a computer at home. Yeah. Emma walks in. Sean moves his bag. Yeah. So that she can sit down oh. next to him. And she's got this little smirk going. She opens up their, like, in-school email slash DM and sends a message like, I'm sorry about yesterday. Sometimes my mouth kicks in before my brain does. Oh. Sends it his way. And it, like, pops up, like, this huge pop-up. Like, new email. And Sean's like, what? Nobody messages me. What is this? I'm shocked. Nobody likes me. No no one cares about me. I've never gotten an email before. Aw, Sean. Uh, He opens it and smiles. And, uh, you know, he's sort of like, I'm sorry, too. Like, you know, you know. I I love that he, like, oh, I love I love the love he has for Emma. Yeah. And then they sort of talk about, like, they apologize for each other. And he's like, hey, your article, your article wasn't, wasn't garbage. garbage. She's like, oh, thanks. 
Oh. And then he gets back to work, and she's got that little smile with her uh, her overalls. Her really. You know what? That was a look. I guess. When I was in grade eight, I wore overalls every single day. Okay. Was I super cool? No. But did I rock overalls? 100%. So Toby walks into school. Snake pulls him aside and he's like, hey, I just wanted to say about your parents. And Toby's like, I'm so sorry that happened. And Snake's like, are they always like that? And Toby's like, you know, they are. But like, I'm glad things happened the way they did. And it seems like it's going to be like a nice, like almost radish moment. And then Snake's like, next time you forge a letter, spell my name correctly and don't save it on the server. How did he misspell Simpson? I know. That's like the easiest name to spell. Especially because like, like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, everything coming full circle, you weren't a kid if you didn't know how to spell the Simpsons because it was on four times a day. Yeah. How do you not know how to spell Simpson? Maybe Toby's not that bright. No, Clippy didn't help him. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I want a 10-page essay about why it's wrong okay. to falsify a document, so and I, I want it for tomorrow. This, I watched this last week. Yeah. This part went over my head, because I was like, okay, punishment, whatever. My husband pointed out a 10-page paper Yeah. For a 12-year-old is insane. Oh, it's bonkers. Because, like, I don't even think I wrote a 10-page paper in post-secondary. Maybe, I don't, maybe in my post-grad. In, like, a university-level class in grade 12, maybe I had a 10-page essay. Yeah. But it was like, oh, this has to be 10 pages, including your annotated bibliography, which was, like, five pages. Yeah, and it's double-spaced. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot for a 12 It should have just been right lines. Like, when I was in, if you got in trouble in my high school, you either wrote lines or you had to write out. That is such a dated punishment, though. You, okay, what about this? You had to write out the school code of conduct that was in the front, it was on the front page of your school agenda that they gave you at the beginning of the year. So if you got detention or you got uh, sent down to the office, it was like you had to hand write the school code of conduct and hand it into the VP first thing next morning. And it was like, it took about an hour to hand write. So that was like the I remember getting in trouble in like French class, getting sent down to the vice principal yeah. and being like, you have to write out the school code of conduct and hand it to me tomorrow morning. Yeah. You went to a very strict school because my school definitely didn't do that. Yeah. It was like. you. Oh, I had the I had the shitty VP, like the mean uh... VP. It was like, oh, the A through M's. Yep. Got the cool VP and the N through Z's. We got the shitty VP. Yeah. That, that was like a real dick. Oh, okay. So Toby walks away. And then you think he's gonna, you think Snake's gonna ream him out. And then he's like, hey, just one more thing. You did a great job yesterday. I hope your parents are proud of you. I certainly was. I, I love how much you really see that Snake loves being a teacher. He does. He loves being a teacher 100%. Like, he loves these kids so yeah. much. And that's, it's really cute to watch. Yeah. All right, so, so that, that's it. That's that's this episode. Yeah. I think my takeaway is that um, Tracker's kind of a dick, but also kind of hot. Yeah. And I take back what I say about uh, Jimmy and Ashley being my favorite couple, because Emma and Sean, my God, are Goals. they... They are so fucking adorable. It's cute. It's cute. They're, they're, so they're the cute. only good thing about... Like, not that this episode's bad, but like... You can Just tell, like, like we oh. mentioned at the beginning, this isn't. This is the first one not based on, um, 
The, no, not based on a next generation yes. or a, a, a junior high yes. episode. Yeah. That being said, like it's they're still finding their feet. They're yeah. still finding their legs, but it's okay. Um and the the Sean and Emma stuff is really what it's what sells cute it. to see a couple like starting out. Yeah. Because we start to grassy the next generation with Ashley and Jimmy already together. Yeah. And Paige and Spinner basically started because Paige's weird competition with Terry. Yeah. Like, we don't see them exchanging cute glances. Nope. We don't see them, like, oh. It was a conquest Will they, for her. Won't, won't they? It was basically, like, I don't want Terry to have him. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him from her. Yep. And that's basically it. As the series goes on, though, we do see a lot more couples starting out. Yeah. Um, which is cute. But this is my favorite one. I love Sean and Emma. Yeah. I got to say, I think I agree. I'm I'm surprised where the characters end up. It's insane. But Yes, I wish they were endgame. Yeah. I hate myself for saying the word endgame, but I wish they were. Yeah. We're going to take a little break, and yeah. then we'll come back with uh, OG, OG Parent Night. Yeah. And I might have to uh, do something with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Be right back. We're back. We're back. I had to take my dog for a walk. Yeah. She is now attacking her stuffed hedgehog. Yep. Uh, I was just saying to Alex, I didn't watch this one prior to this episode because uh, I am very unprepared and bad at what I do. This will be great, though. I, I, you know, you can pay more attention to it, and I'll do a bit more of a, a commentary, and we'll, we'll jump I, in when we need to. I fully forgot that this episode exists. Yeah. In that it. In junior high, I forgot about it. Yeah, because we we always try. We look at the next generation episode first, and we try and think like, is there a counterpart in junior high? And yes. the first five episodes, there there was. They all, the first five episodes all matched up perfectly. Yeah. Except for this episode. Yes. So this is parents' night. Yes. And this is episode twelve of junior high. Uh, yes. Whereas the last one was episode five. Or, yeah, it was episode five. Yeah, of of uh, the next, next generation. generation. So this is parents' night, and we're like, oh, cool, this will be great. Like, this is another one where it matches up. This one really doesn't. It doesn't. So, uh, I've I watched this one recently. <laughs> Amber didn't, so we'll jump right into we're it. Getting into it. So we start on a shot of a birthday cake. We see Wheels is attaching uh, a strap to his base, and uh, there's Wheels opera music so playing. Cute. Can I just say, I love that his parents gave him cake for breakfast on his birthday. That's such a, like, cute yeah. parent move. And they got him a card that says, like, oh, like, happy birthday to our son. And his mom is singing along to opera. His dad walks in with coffee and gives his him a dad looks peck. like His dad looks like 80s Michael Caine. His dad looks like iconic dad. He's rocking a cardigan. Yeah. So uh, his parents are like, oh, like... You know, you don't appreciate good music. Like, we got you good music for your birthday. They got him the soundtrack for South Pacific. They don't appreciate that he listens to rock music. They think it's silly. I feel like that is such, like, an 80s, early 90s trope of, like, you listen to the devil's music, so we're going to give you, like, good music to listen to. Yeah. Like, they're that... not, they're not, like, super anti. They're just sort of like, oh, like... The music you listen to is bad. We we're we're educating you on good music. Yeah, like they're like, not angry parents. They're not like the the dad in the we're not going to take it video. <laughs> or did you ever watch Hell's Bells? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, but 
I feel like that's such a like a trope in TV. My parents did not give a fuck what we listened to. My dad definitely had opinions on music, oh, but yeah. he, you know, he was like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, they weren't going to be like, you can't listen to that. For no. the most part, in when I was in high school, though, I listened to the music that my dad listened to. So like, oh yeah, me too. He's going to make classic fun rock. Of, yeah, same. Yeah, he's going to listen if he's. Gonna we would have been friends him, in high school. We would have been friends in high school. Yeah. For Christmas, my parents got me a Janis Joplin CD one year. Ooh, that's cool. I loved Janis Joplin in high school. Um, I think that like really speaks to the kind of person I was in high school. I was really into Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, but I wasn't a stoner. I love. <laughs> that's surprising. I really liked Led Zeppelin. Never got like so into them though. Yeah. Uh, didn't. I love Pink Floyd. Not so much in high school. Uh, did you ever watch The Wall? I've seen it like once. Um, I watched it and it was fucking terrifying. It's 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 an intense movie because it's, it's like a mix of like animation and live action and it's like like a, a weird rock opera sort of. Well, yeah, yeah. But it does have Bob Geldof at his peak. Yeah, I, I love Bob Geldof. Fair enough. Anyway, back yeah, so, to back to Wheels. Yeah, on Wheels' his, like, mom super is super cute birthday. Is morning. ironing. Yeah, he's putting his his strap on his base. His parents don't approve of music, but they're like, "Look, they're we cute. know you're gonna play. They're cute parents. We got you a new strap for yeah. your base. They're cute parents. Like it's really giving us like he comes from a very very loving home. Yeah, like, and I don't. I sorry to jump in. I don't remember if they established too much before this, but this is an episode more about how Wheels is adopted. I don't think they talk about it until this episode. Right. So we'll, if they do, it was just in passing. Yes. So the phone rings. Uh, it's, you know, it's Will's birthday morning. His parents are arguing about how great classical music and opera are. He jumps up to go answer the phone. They're very, very cute parents. Yeah. But they definitely look like older parents. Oh, my God, yeah. So he picks up the phone. He's like, oh, Wheel of Residence. And there's somebody on the phone who's not talking. Um... He's just doing the hello, hello, and you see a, a, a yellow-gloved hand hangs up a payphone, and you're like, oh, is this sinister? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, there's no one there. And his mom's like, oh, that happened earlier today, too. Like, I don't know who keeps calling and not answering or Honestly, saying anything. like, that is such a... It's like a horror movie trope. It is, but I was going to say, like, it's such a, like, 80s, 90s, early millennium thing where, like, you would talk about, like... Who called? Yeah, before caller ID, yes. before cell phones, yes. like a stranger called you from a payphone. There's yeah. no way you will ever know who that no, was. No, no. Even if you try, like, even once we had Star 69 and Star 67 and all that, like, yes. you wouldn't know if somebody called from a payphone. It was just like, oh, Bell payphone. Yeah, yeah. So here we go with the theme song, and you know, blah blah blah, Degrassi Junior High, which like I love when they get to Degrassi High because Junior High just doesn't fit in there. It really does. Degrassi Junior High. It really so we see the, the yellow gloved hand in a, a car. In a Jeep park. parked outside of Degrassi. Yes. We see Wheels walking up with his big base case. It's such a big case to have to carry to school. He's talking to Joey about how his parents got him a new strap and yep. how he's all excited this is his birthday. A mustachioed man gets out of the Jeep. He's wearing the tightest, tightest jeans with yep. a red bomber jacket. And he's he's keeping an eye on Wheels and Snake walks by with his guitar case. And he says to Tim, like, what's with that guy? Do you know him? Because he's, like, very creepily staring yeah. at small children going into school. Yeah. So you see Snake at, talking to Wheels inside, and he's like, hey, you know what we should call our band? Snake and the Charmers. That's not a and, bad name. And Wheels is like, 
I don't think Joey's going to go for it. And Snake's like, Joey doesn't know what he's talking about. P.S. There was a weird dude uh, outside of school. He was looking at you. And Will's like, looking at me? And Snake's like, he's probably a pervert. If I see him again, I'm going to report him. And it's like, that's a little extreme. But at the same time, good for you for keeping an eye out for your friend. And also, why do you have to wait? Just go report him now. I mean, it could have just been like, I get where he's coming from. Where like, he was there once. It might have just been like, oh, I'm looking for somebody. I thought that was my kid, but it wasn't. Like, I was driving by. I get yeah. where he's coming from. Like, it's it's a little too early to jump on the, too, this guy's a pervert too train. Early, too early to call him a pervert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I do want to say, though, that like, up until, I think, this episode in junior high... Snake wasn't really a part of Joey and Wheels' friend group. I mean, not until they really start their band. So now he is, like, enmeshed with them. Yeah. Which I, I love, because I, lo- I like Snake with them. I think yeah. it's cute. But, like, Wheels and Wheels and Joey are the original friends. Yeah. And they're... Snake's the add-on. Yes. Yeah. So Wheels goes down. He walks in, walks in the bathroom with his base, which I think is insane. Like, go to your locker first. But... I don't think it would fit in his locker. It's pretty big. That's true. It's a pretty big case. And Joey is for uh, Joey's in the bathroom forging his mom's signature on his report card. He's doing a really bad job. He's signing Mrs. Jeremiah. He's signing it, Mrs. Jeremiah, but it also looks like the. Curse. It looks like a kid wrote it. It looks like it looks like a kid just learned cursive writing and yeah. is learning how to use cursive writing. Now, much like Paige, we actually do watch Wheels go to a urinal and pee. It's very odd that and you see that. <laughs> goes to wash his hands. Uh, they go into class. We see Heather and Erica, or we see, yeah, Spike's talking to Spike. Hair looks wild. And they're talking about how she's pregnant and she doesn't know what to do. And she's wearing like what looks like her dad's blazer. It is way too big. So this episode, Spike is pregnant. Yes. Next week, we will do the episode where Spike has sex. Gets pregnant. Yes. But in this episode, it is established that she's pregnant. Heather and Erica are saying. What are you going to do about it? And Spike is saying, I don't know what to do. And Heather and Eric are saying, well, it's Shane's baby, too. Like, he should be figuring it out with you. Yeah. We do learn that Shane's kind of... Shane's got really strict parents. And he's kind of of a dope. He's kind of a dope. But at the same time, that's what happens when 12-year-olds or 13-year-olds have a baby. Yeah. So they're in class. They're trying to figure it out. And she's like, I don't know if I want to have a baby. And, like, if I do, I don't know if I can keep it. And she's like, I don't want an abortion. And they're like, well, if you, you know, I guess you could give it up for adoption. So she's sort of thinking about that. We see uh, Alexa Alexa. walk in. But this is before she's established as a character. Yeah, she looks very frumpy. Yeah. But she's got those great um, uh, red-rimmed glasses like, uh, what's her face? Sally Jesse Raphael. My mom definitely had a pair of those. All the kids hand in their signed report cards. And uh, Mr. Radich specifically calls out joey's like oh what did your parents say when they saw your report card and joey's like oh you know like my parents aren't too worried about school and raditz says like oh i hope i can get them worried on parents night and joey sits down with a look of defeat like oh fuck like i forgot about parents night what am i gonna do so now we cut it's weird that his parents wouldn't know how poorly he's doing though yeah until now yeah well i mean that's the thing he didn't bring them home his report card right we cut to after class they're walking out and joey's like i don't know what i'm gonna do if my parents come to parents night they're gonna freak out and snake is like 
well, wait a minute. Parents' Night was announced in the report card. If you didn't show it to your parents, they don't know Parents' Night is coming up. Just come up with an excuse and tell them that, like, there is no Parents' Night or just tell them not to come. But once again, if Joey is doing so poorly in school, I'm sure that the teachers would contact the parents directly and be like, hey, yeah, we need to talk to you. And we do see a poster that says Parents' Night slash Talent Show. Which I guess does make a little bit of sense where it's like, oh, the parents are going to be at the school anyways to watch their kids the with their parents, horrible talents. The parents are trapped in this yeah. building. Let's combine the two. Yeah. Like, they're, let's get butts in these seats for yeah. this terrible, terrible talent show because otherwise no one's coming. Yeah. Which I get, you know, killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. So we see Spike talking to the twins again. It's once again, it's weird that Spike is friends with them. Because they're kind of the worst. They are the worst, but I feel like they're kind of friends with everybody. Yes. Yeah. They're the floaters. They right are now. the floaters. And as well, we said earlier, Spike is a little bit friends with everybody because Spike is kind of used to move every storyline along. That's true. So she's really obviously stressed out about this baby. Yeah. And they're like, you know, what's. They say, like, you should talk to Wheels about if you want to put your kid up for adoption. Because Wheels was adopted. And, you know, you know, he ended up with good parents. And Spike's like, yeah, like, I, I guess so. Like, I guess I'd feel weird asking another kid about what it's like to be adopted. At, like, as you should. That's, like, a really personal thing to talk about. Yeah. I mean, like, there's... But I get their point. And they're 13. Like, yeah. It's like, this is the only kid we know that's adopted. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And the twins are just like, thank God that's not us. Or, well, at least not yet anyways. Then we cut to the talent show uh, uh, practice, and we see Arthur up on stage, and I can't recognize the girl that he's with. That's Caitlin. Okay, I thought it was Caitlin. That's Caitlin. They're wearing wigs. They're singing this song. It's kind of ridiculous. I is it like from South Pacific maybe? Who knows? I don't. I don't know. think so. And then it's... you see Joey putting on a wig, and I forgot to mention Joey mentioned his idea for a band name is like Joey and the the Jump Starters or whatever, because of course Joey's band name is about him, and Snake's yeah. band name is about him. Although yeah. Snake and the Charmers actually is a great name. Snake and the Charmers is really really good. Yeah. So they're all getting ready for their part of of uh, talent show practice. And Spike walks in to talk to Wheels, and she's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And Which, he's... like, obviously not right now, Spike. Yeah. Like, this and isn't a good moment. They go sit down, and she's like, you know I'm pregnant, right? She goes, I th- I'm thinking I want to put the kid up for adoption. And he's just sort of got this somber look on his face. And she's like, you're adopted. I just figured I'd ask you some stuff if that's okay. And he's like, yeah, sure. She's like, do you ever think about your real parents? He's like, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Do you know anything about them? And he's like, uh, not really. I know my dad said they were too young to take care of me. And I was born at six in the morning. And that's it. Like, that's, that's crazy that that's all. Like, I understand I'm not adopted. I don't know. But like, to know that like, oh, all I know about my parents is like, they were irresponsible. And I was born at six in the morning. So I know this probably isn't the time or place, but I learned recently that a lot of birth certificates, especially during this time, so Wheels probably would have been born in the 70s? Uh, I, well, this is 87, yeah, so he would have been born, like, 70, uh, Jesus, 76? 
Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy to think about. So during that time, a lot of birth certificates were falsified. Oh. And a lot of adoption stories were falsified. So a lot of what you hear is like the parents were really young. They weren't able to take care of them. Um, And that's like the only story that is told and the birth certificates are falsified. Right. That's not always the case. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to. This isn't the the platform. We just just passed Truth and Reconciliation Day. So we're not going to get too much into it. But like I know that during the 60s, especially. The 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Was taking kids away from uh, native Canadian parents yes, and, and, and a lot. basically putting ads in the newspaper like want yeah. a native want a native baby you can get one so which is horrifying again during that time it was like oh if you don't have kids something is wrong with you yeah so adoption was really popular for parents that couldn't otherwise have kids and they didn't want it to be known that this wasn't their natural child yeah. So a lot of like certificates, records were falsified so that nobody would then know that it wasn't their actual child. Yeah. Adopting natives is really popular, unfortunately, because of this. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, we're not the people to be talking about that. No, we're, we're not going to get too much into experts. it. We're not experts. No. And we're just nerds that read a lot. It's a little progressive for uh, Wheels to know that he is adopted, especially yes. in the 80s. Yes. Um, but, you know, it. He's got cool parents. Like they, his they parents, seem like his parents, decent parents love the fuck out of him. They do. So So we're getting back into Spike asking him very, very personal questions, especially since they don't really seem to be friends. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. He's gonna feel awkward, but he's like, What am I gonna say no to the pregnant girl? I know, and he's like such, they're both in such an awkward position. He's such a nice boy. Justice for wheels. Justice for wheels, justice for Terry. Justice for LD. The fact that Real Wheels died in real life in Hamilton, nobody knew that it was Actually, him. he passed away across the street from where we're recording. Oh. He passed away at the YMCA on oh, James Street. That's so sad. We're recording in Hamilton, uh, downtown Hamilton, yeah. just off of James Street. And uh, they didn't know that it was him and he got buried in an unmarked grave. Paid for by the city, and they didn't know for sure that he was dead for like four years. He, I think, was suffering a lot from mental health and addictions. Poor guy. We're it's just really sad, especially watching this. We're gonna segue back to yeah, yeah. So Arthur and Caitlin's weird talent. Yeah, they're. It's not exactly a lip sync, but anyways, uh, Miss Avery's like coaching them on it, which I think is bizarre for a talent show, like. It's more about showing off your your talent, but yeah. Anyways, then she's like, "Oh, up next is is you know, it's it's the zit remedy or the zits, but they don't have their name yet." Yeah. It's Joey, uh, Snake and Wheels. Hopefully, you guys have actually learned your instruments this time. They plug in, they count themselves down, and they don't know how to play. They're like wild stallions in Bill and Ted. They just don't know how to play. They're playing all over the place. I think. Eventually, we should do kind of a review of all of the Degrassi bands, starting with what turns into the Zit Remedy. Yep. And ending with the Studs. Okay. Because there's I'm a here lot. For it. There's a lot of Degrassi bands. Yep. And some some are very much better than others. I agree. So we're back. The boys are coming out of school, and we see um, the mustachioed man in the red bomber and the yellow gloves. Yep. And, the pervert, as yeah. Snake called him. So he's waiting there. Um, he gets out of the car when he sees the boys walking. 
It's like such an iconic 80s look. Yeah. Like the teeny tiny coat tucked into skinny, skinny jeans yeah. with a mustache. Will sees him and sort of slows down and just is staring at the guy. Like it's almost like he recognizes him. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you're Derek, right? Derek Wheeler? He's like, oh, I'm Mike Nelson. I'm your dad. So this is highly, highly inappropriate yeah. for um, the bio parent of an adopted child to approach. They do get into that, though. They get into it, but it's very inappropriate. Hey, I know all this stuff about you. You were born at this hospital. You were born at 6 a.m. And here, I've even got more proof. And he throws something at, at Wheels. Wheels catches it. And it's a birth necklace. Was that like a thing to put yes, a little... My mom, my mom had mine. That like they gave you like a little necklace. Yeah, but back before they had like the bracelets that they would put on the baby with like matched the mom and dad. This was what they would put on the baby to identify them. So it was so like little, someone like made like a beaded yeah, a little beaded necklace that has your last name and a, an ID number on it, and that's what the babies wore. Because I was born at a hospital in Toronto. Who makes that? Like the I nurses? guess one of the nurses. Yeah. My God, healthcare heroes, everybody. Yeah. Above yeah. and beyond. I was born at Mount Sinai in Toronto. Get out. Yeah. Because my parents lived my, in Toronto when I was born. My sister, I think, was born at Mount Sinai. Ooh. I was born at Etobicoke General. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... I think that's actually where my mom was born. Really? Yeah, my mom was an Etobicoke kid. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We... When I was born, my parents were living in Mississauga, like... Yeah. yeah. Mississauga and Etobicoke, like, the same... It's it's the same area. Like, it's... Yes. It's, you know... Yeah. They border each other. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Look at us a, learning stuff. On each my other. Uh, birth certificate and my passport, it says Etobicoke. Okay. Which is weird because it would should just say Toronto because it's yeah. a little part of tri- any Anyway. Yeah. The six. So Wheel says, I don't want to talk to you. And Mike's like, that's okay if you don't. But if you change your mind, call me at this number. He pulls out a scrap of paper, writes down his number, and does like the coolest like dad thing where he like, scrunches it against the chain link of the fence and walks away and he's like here if you call me if you want to talk to me you can call me here honestly this whole thing is just giving me bad vibes like it's weird that he would approach him yeah it's weird like the whole thing is weird the way that he's like staring at him and walking away is weird yeah like if he really wanted to reach out to his son he should have gone to their house yes now they do get into that i will say yeah they don't gloss over the fact that like this is highly irregular and bizarre. It's so just odd. We cut to the next day, and I, it's Joey I, and I Snake. I want to address what Snake is wearing. He's wearing, like, very long, long shorts. Like, silk shorts. Yeah. With tights underneath. It's it's really weird. And almost like a cardigan or something on top. And Joey's wearing, like, like a red beret and red sunglasses. Joey always is, like, very quirky yeah. the way he dresses. But the way, yeah. like, Snake turns into more of a preppy kid yeah. in the way that he dresses. But this is weird. It's and a look. if anyone was, like, around in the 80s, please let me know if this was a look. Because yeah. it is odd. Yeah. They're fighting over band names. Yeah. And then Joey says, we can go on tour. It'll be great. And then Snake's like, my parents wouldn't let me miss that much school. And then Joey's like, rock stars don't have to go to school. They don't even know how to play their instruments. Like, yeah. calm down, Joey. Figure out how to play a song first. Yeah. Snake's really pissed. Sorry, not Snake. Wheels is really pissed. He's in the library. And then Joey brings the letter that he wrote to his parents 
about, or sorry, the letter that he wrote to Mr. Radich about why uh, his parents can't come to parent-teacher night, where they have a communicable disease that they can't come to parent-teacher night, so uh, they send their regards. I mean... Yeah, he uses the word communicable. That's kind of... This was before Clippy. Yeah, good for Joey. Yeah. He probably used a dictionary. Yeah, so then Wheels is like, hey guys, that weird dude outside wasn't a pervert, it was my dad. They're like, oh my god, really? And he's like, yeah, look, he gave me this little necklace. And then Joey's like, I wish I was adopted. My parents are so lame. Which is like such, I mean, like they're so. It's a thing a kid would say. Yeah, they're so young, but that's such a dick thing to say to somebody who's adopted. And then Snake says, hey, let's write a song about it. Yeah. What song are you going to write about this snake? Yeah. My God. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they're so, all they're all walking home. Joey looks like a little French student who yeah. came back to Canada. Yeah, when he's not wearing the sunglasses, the beret is a real look. With a matching red scarf. Like, yeah. oh, Joey. So they get in the telephone booth, which if you're too young and you don't know, it's a glass box on the street with a payphone in it. I just want to preface that telephone booths were not like the aesthetic that you see in london no. where it's like a tourist opportunity no it's like bill and ted's thing yes it's like i mean i don't even remember really using it growing up um there was one so my dad didn't drive if he and i went grocery shopping we would walk to the store and then we would call my mom to come pick us up okay so it was like we would use the payphone at like the grocery store Okay. Um, and then if you went to see a movie and then it was like, oh, come pick me up. That was like a phone, like that was a payphone thing. Yeah. Um, an actual like out in the middle of the street though. No. Phone booth. Like, no, I don't no. think I ever, I, I used, okay. I used one once. I mm. went to a video game swap meet with my friend and it was like, oh, like one till four. And we were like, it was a small place. We were done at like two thirty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, we have to see if we can get my mom to come pick us up early. We had to, like, walk across, like, a hydro field to get to the closest payphone. And then, of course, like, it was a long-distance call. So I was like, this call will cost $4. And I'm like, ugh. Did you call Collect? Uh, I wanted to, but I was calling, like, her cell phone. And I'm like, oh. calling Collect to a cell phone is going to be even more money. I and honestly... she didn't know where I was. So I had oh, to, like, yeah. I'm at yeah. this gas station that is near here. And, like, yeah. Kids today, which is such a dated sentence, will never know the struggle. Nope. So, Wheels is using the payphone. Yeah, to call the number that his dad crumpled onto the chain link. Or his, I should say his dad in in quotations. We don't know for sure. Yeah. My weird thing is those, I feel, would be so unsanitary to use. Yeah. So... Uh, he calls his dad and he's like, oh, hey, like, you know, then we just cut and we see them at a diner and his dad's like, we both like chocolate milkshakes. Like, wow, look at that. It must be like genetics, <laughs> which like, <laughs> which like, no, everybody likes a chocolate milkshake, except for my husband who exclusively likes vanilla. I think vanilla, I will say the best vanilla is better than the best chocolate, but I, I will always go for chocolate when in doubt 
I was gonna say, I feel like that's the sign of a psychopath. But no, okay. I think I think the best vanilla is better than the best chocolate, and bad vanilla is better than bad he chocolate. Loves vanilla, and I feel like that's like I know. like strawberry shakes. Though, you know how but... like they say like, oh, if you like gin and black coffee, then you're a psychopath. I like both those things, oh, me and too. I feel like vanilla is more of a sign that you're a psychopath. But all right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, uh, Wheels asked about his mom. Uh, Mike pulls out a photo of a very pretty lady She's holding a baby. gorgeous. Yeah. Although I feel weird saying it because they were 16 when yeah. that photo was taken. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. and he says, like, we were 16 and we just couldn't raise you. So we gave you up, but we made sure you went to nice family. Again, that probably wouldn't have happened. Like, it's weird that they even have a picture with her and him. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, especially if they knew they were going to do the adoption. Because from especially what I understand. Especially at this time. like Yeah, they sort open, of swoop in, take the kid and. Yeah, open adoptions, I think, are much more popular now. And um, I feel like including the bio family in the adoption story for um kids that are adopted is much more popular now like having that like the pictures and all of that for the child yeah back then no no and they wouldn't really have a say in where the child is placed yeah until later but for the story here we go yeah and wheel says like oh like what about my mom and he's like well we sort of lost touch after we had you like you know we were kids yeah and that that makes sense yeah yeah and he's like, we were really scared when we had you. We were kids. We wanted to do the right thing. We didn't know what it was, but like, adoption made sense. And he's like, I'm still a kid. How old is Who he? Who else would go town to town touring in a band? So if Wheels is Wheels just had his birthday, if he's in grade seven, he just turned 12. 12. If he was 16, so his dad here is 28, 29. Okay, he does, this actor does not look like i mean did people look older back they did when i see like photos of my dad when he like before he had me like he looks ancient i guess that makes sense yeah like when i see like pictures of my parents like my age they look older than i do yeah i mean you know what in their defense they weren't really doing skincare routines no or face masks no they definitely weren't wearing sunscreen like we are no but like this actor looks like he's 40 yeah he and he's like, oh, sorry. He does not look like he is 28, 29 at yes, the oldest. At the oldest. Yeah. So he says like, you know, yeah, we, when we were, when we had you, we were kids. I'm still a kid. Heck, who else would tour around in a band going town to town at my age? And this is where the first time wheels perks up like, hey, I do I, have something in common with this I'm guy. I'm in a band. And he tells him like, really? Like, I'm in a band. And he's like, what do you play? He's like, rock, mostly. He's like, what do you play? He's like, oh, I play, like, Wheel says I play bass. And he goes like, oh, I play drums. And then they're sort of, like, bonding while drinking chocolate milkshakes that obviously look like just chocolate milk. Those are not thick enough to be shakes. Or they're, they got ripped off. <laughs> I, I feel like that's, like, a cute father-son moment, though. Yeah. But the whole thing is giving me weird, weird vibes. Yeah. So they walk out, and he, he explains how... He's like, yeah, the, with the adoption, I wasn't supposed to know where you live, but, like, I knew the last name of the people. I knew what city they live in. 
So every time I pass through here, I look you up in the phone book and I call just to like make sure you guys haven't moved. Just that I sort of have an idea that like you're still in Toronto. Which again is so inappropriate. Yeah. And he's like, so you're the one who called me and hung up earlier. He's like, yeah, I just didn't know what to say. Like, that's not, that's weird. That's so sketchy. Like, that is, but uh, like, I understand it. He's a 28-year-old guy who had a kid at 16. Like, I get it. I get it. And then he's it. like, yeah. hey, why don't you come see our band practice tomorrow? And they're on Young Street. Like, this is Young and, Young and Bay or something. Or not Young and Bay. No. They don't cross. Young and. Pape, maybe? Something like that. We Our Toronto geography is terrible, but. Yeah. Um, his anyways mike invites him to come see band practice tomorrow so then he's on the phone with joey and he's like yeah i got invited to go see this band practice tomorrow and he's looking at the birth necklace and his parents come in and his dad's like he's like hey have you ever heard of gourmet scum which we do have to sort of stop and pause here for a second okay gourmet scum they've been established before this episode but because we jumped ahead a few episodes gourmet scum are sort of like the band that all these kids love. They are... I don't know who I would say is the equivalent because this is late 80s. We're not at grunge yet. We're still almost at like glam rock and, yeah, and, like ha- and metal, hair metal. Yeah, like metal, metal, yeah. Yeah. I would say they're sort of like... Maybe I, Motley Crue? Yeah, they're a little bit Motley Crue and a little bit, to keep it uh, Hamilton, Toronto-based, um, uh, why can't I think of the band name? Teenage Head. Oh, I was going to say Teenage Head. Yeah. That's... They're from Hamilton. They are. Okay, so his dad says, hey, Derek, have you ever heard of the gourmet scum? And he goes, yeah, no, they're great. He goes, I got, I work with a guy who got tickets. They're playing a show in Hamilton. (gasps) Shout out Hamilton. Do you want to go see? It's tomorrow night. Where do you think they were playing? Cops? No, they probably weren't big enough for cops. I mean, it's gourmet scum. I would think Hamilton Place. Hamilton Place. Or... I mean, this is this is a little different era. This is late eighties. Um, I mean, ooh, absinthe. If that was around, I back don't know then? if it was around yet, or like whatever the equivalent. Of yeah, that was. there was a bar or that was in that spot. The Casbah. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe the Casbah. All very Hamilton uh, specific. Yeah. Venues. If you are from around here if or you, are a friend, you, you're like, oh yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah. I-Y-K-Y-K. <laughs> so his dad's like, yeah, you want to go see the gourmet scum? I got tickets for tomorrow night. But he just, he already agreed to go see his bio dad's band. Oh, so he is... has to blow off, he has to blow off his dad and say like, oh, I can't. This is kind of breaking my heart that he does this. Because like his dad walks in. His dad after... who only likes classical music. Yeah, who only likes classical music and opera is so excited to take him to this yeah. concert, this like metal concert that he probably has no interest in. Yeah, he's so so excited. Yeah, and Wheels is going to be a little little dick about it. He just tells him like, "Oh hey, it's extra practice for the talent show." You you know what though, I think that we forgot to touch on. The guilt that Wheels is probably facing right now. Yeah. Because, like, he probably feels guilty about his adoptive parents. Yeah. He doesn't want to come clean that he's, like, contact That yeah, his bio he hasn't told dad them. has yeah. contacted him. Yeah. And he feels guilty blowing off his bio dad, who he just met. Yeah. And he doesn't really... I guess he does have the, the phone number he could call. Yeah. And say, I can't come. But, like, 
he doesn't know if they're going to be practicing again. And like, they really established that like, oh, his adoptive parents do not understand his love of music at all. And that's like the most important thing to him. Yeah, and, and for him to have for that his dad to be like, yeah, like why don't yes. you come watch me play? Yeah, for him to have that connection with his bio dad, like he probably feels like this is this is where I got this from. This, I can't yes. miss this opportunity yeah. to see him practice. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So he yeah his dad invites him and he blows him off and it's mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. And his dad looks crushed that like he can't go. He's like, well, if it's that important. Oh. They all just look so sad. It that broke my heart. Yeah. Well, especially knowing what's in store for Will's parents not too far in the future. Yeah. So Wheels and Shane, sorry, not Wheels, Spike and Shane are fighting in the stairwell. Yeah. Um, which I wish that we could hear more of because I want to know what she's saying to him. I want to yeah. know if she is fighting about putting the baby up for adoption. I want to know if she's fighting about, she said that she doesn't want an abortion. Like, I want to know what that conversation is about. Yeah. Um, but we don't hear it because Snake and Joey are once again fighting about the band name. Yeah. Joey's wearing a black beret. Yeah. Which leads me to think that he has quite the extensive beret collection. His hat budget is... Out of this world. Yeah. Like, ooh. Yeah. So they go in the bathroom and Will's like, oh, my dad asked me to go to a concert tonight. And, and Joey's like, I thought you were going to go see your dad's rehearsal. And then Will's is conflicted. He's like... Mike's not my dad, okay? Like, my dad's my dad. He's got really complicated issues. Or complicated feelings about this. Yeah, which, like, I'm glad they're kind of addressing it. Yeah, and he's like, I feel bad. Like, I lied to my parents. Yeah. I also really want to point out what Wheels is wearing. He is wearing an Argyle sweater vest. Yeah. With a white turtleneck. Yeah. Which, like, kind of cute. But yeah, he's kind of rocking it. Yeah, like it, it works for him, but yeah. also like it looks like something a junior accountant would wear. Yeah. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Fair enough. So Joey's sort of like, like, who cares? You know, just lie to your parents. Like, they'll never know. And Will's is like, I'd know. Okay, so they go to a bar called the Duke of Connaught. Yeah. And I think my pa- so my parents grew up in Toronto. Yeah. Um, Mine too. Oh. Maybe they knew each other. They could have. They could have known each other. I feel like I've heard my parents talk about this place. I looked it up because there's somebody who has like a blog about like every location they went to on Degrassi. Okay, love that. It is no longer open. It's now a, uh, a taco place. Ah, okay. Yeah. But I, I feel like I've heard my parents talk about this place. Or they might have just talked about Cannot. Now, I know Cannot is like the place downtown Hamilton, when you hear that word. Yes. The Royal Cannot is at the corner of uh, James and King William. Yeah, and they're actually like beautiful condos right now. Yeah. Used to be a really nice hotel. Now they're condos. It was a a hotel that if you've ever watched uh, the movie Silent Hill... That's the hotel where they run into the uh, the lady who throws rocks at them and everything. Are you serious? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. They filmed <gasps> Silent Hill in and around Hamilton, Brantford, and uh, Stony Creek. Wow. The wow. Devil's Punch Bowl is at the beginning of the Big Cross. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, my God. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So they're walking into this bar, these two 12-year-olds. And not only, like, okay, they don't look like 12-year-olds today who could pass for, like, 21-year-olds. Yeah. They look like they just, like, were born. Yeah. They look like very much babies. Yeah. But here they are trying to get in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's let's say it's 
four or five. Mm-hmm. And then Mike and the Drifters all week are the bar band. So Mike, the drummer, gets top billing in his band, Mike and the Drifters. Can you name another band that that is the case? Where the drummer is the... I mean, Phil Collins was the drummer of Genesis before he became the singer of Genesis, but... Yeah. I mean, like... Like, another band where the drummer was more of the forefront. No. I mean, no. I know there's one, but I can't think of it. I... My mind went to the White Stripes, but... Yeah. No. Meg wasn't No. The... I mean, uh, uh, Primus was... The bassist was front and center. Yeah. There was some band that had the drummer front and center. Like, I mean, Rush was pretty big with Neil Peart, but... Or Peart, Peart, whatever. Neil Peart, yeah. yeah. But... Anyways. Are you are you a Rush fan? Uh, I like Rush. I'm not a huge Rush fan. I'm not. I, I like some of their songs, but like I, I don't watch Trailer Park Boys, but I love when they uh, kidnap, I think it's Alex Lifeson, and they're like, oh, like, and they keep asking him to play like um, April Wine songs. Oh. And then they're like, and then they're like. Yeah, I just can't get into Rush music. All their songs are about wizards and trees. It's a, like such like a mythical band. Like, yeah. The music they play, play like, don't get me wrong, it it's good. Oh Rush, yeah, Rush is good, but oh, like it's like it's crazy because Zeppelin had more songs about hobbits. I was just gonna say, Ramble like, On is about um like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, but. You don't know that when you're hearing it, but no. Rush sounds like, and then we talked to trees, and then the people danced. And the wizard came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's it's yeah. definitely like a little wizard vibe. Yeah. It's like when Harry Potter got like huge, and then yeah. that genre, wizard rock, yeah. was like a thing. Yeah. Wow, we are so off topic. Yeah. Anyway. But anyways, uh, yeah, <laughs> the boys, they, they the boys, walk in. The boys enter a bar, and you can tell it's like, a teeny tiny little weird dive bar because there's carpet on the floor. Yeah. I always judge my bars based on the carpet on the floor. Yeah. If there is carpet, it's divey. Yeah. But kind of fun. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to have a fun night. Yeah. So this is obviously like they're practicing for when the bar officially opens as a bar. Yeah. I don't know if it's one of those places like, oh, it's a pub during the day and they do lunch or whatever. But like. Yeah. Like a little family style restaurant. Yeah. Mike yeah. is so happy to see Wheels there. And he's like, hey, everybody, this is my kid. And mm-hmm. everyone in the band's like, I didn't know you had a kid. Like, this is crazy. And Wheels is sort of like, oh, hey, cool. But then he goes, he flips and he's like, hey, you're not my dad. Like, I have a mom and dad. Yeah. And then he, and then Mike's like, hey, you know, what? what's going on? And Wheels loses. He's like, why'd you come back? Like, if you love me so much, why'd you get rid of me? Like, he, he turns on a dime. And, like, Honest, I don't blame him. He's honestly, a, he's like, a 12-year-old who's had complicated feelings. He's a 12-year-old that knew he was adopted. Yeah. Knew his adoptive story, kind of. Yeah. But he's upset that his dad finally came back into his life. Yeah. And, and I think he still feels guilty about not telling his parents, like, what's going on. Oh, the big KFC bucket. Anyways. I was just going to point that out. Yeah. So he's all mad. And then he uh, he throws his necklace back to his dad. He's like, oh, like, you know, I, yeah, I, you can have this back. And then he goes home and his parents are there and they're like, hey, everything's going to be okay. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like. 
Mike telephoned. I will say, they talk like robots, though. They're like, okay. Mike telephoned. You must understand that you no, don't no, have no. to feel bad. No, they said you mustn't. You Sorry. mustn't feel guilty. Yeah, they Which talk like, like robots. Yeah, like, who the fuck says that? So my thing is, like, they... Okay. Yes, they are very robotic, but at the same time, like, they are letting him say like don't feel guilty yeah feel we what, totally get it don't feel, feel we're not mad feeling. at you like, yeah every, we're not mad we get it everything is okay yeah we mike just, explained to us what happened we just want to talk to we're you. sorry that you've got all these feelings yes and like they're the coolest parents ever which like honestly that's probably the best reaction they could have because they could have been like mike you ruined it Yes. Never come back. We yes. hate you. We're and, gonna report you to the cops. And at the same time, like they could even say to Wheels when he comes home, like you're not allowed to talk to him. Like yeah. we don't want you talking to this man. Yeah. But instead, they're opening that door for like, hey, we can figure this all out. Yeah, all of us together. Yeah. But I don't think Wheels is at that place yet. No, he's he's still got a lot of feelings. Yeah. He's twelve. He's you know like I remember being twelve. Like it's complicated. It, like, you are, like, turning into, like, a tiny little goblin. Yeah. And you have all these experiences. And then his parents are being so understanding. He's like, what, you just don't want me anymore? And they're like, what are you talking about? He's, he's like, oh, you just want to give me over to Mike? And they're like, no. And he just storms off. And, like, I get it. It's, it's complicated. He's, he's a young boy. He's got feelings. Yeah. And as a young boy who's told not to embrace your feelings... Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. So then we cut to the next day. Joey and uh, Snake are talking. Radich calls Joey out and he's like, oh, like, I'm sorry I won't be able to see your parents at teacher night. And Joey's like, oh, yeah, they're so sick. And Radich goes, yeah, you know, this letter was so sad that I just had to call your parents and wish them my condolences. And they told me they aren't sick at all. So I guess I'll see them at parents' night. I mean, like, the next episode might actually be parents' night. But I don't care. I still like that we're sticking to this one. Because yeah. this is... This is a really This is called one. parents' night. So... Yeah. So the next scene is Shane yelling at Spike. Yeah. What does he say to her? Uh, we were talking too loud. We missed it. But... <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I'm going to rewind it a little bit. Because okay. I want to hear what he says. Okay. Shane's kind of a little bit of a dick. Oh, okay. You want to make decisions? Fine. And storms off. That is fucking classic gaslighting. Yeah. He is so manipulative. Oh, yeah. But and I also mean, when you get to see his home life, he's just scared. And at the same time, like, they're fucking 12 or 13. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking at 12 or 13. I couldn't even imagine having to make this weird life-altering decision. No. But at the same time, like, fuck you, Shane. Yeah. Help her make the decision. Yeah. Your fucking sperm inseminated her. Yeah. <laughs> you are just as much a parent as she is. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway, we'll get into more of the Shane, Spike, Emma backstory as the seasons go on. Yeah. It's that- crazy that this is Emma's parents. It's so weird that it's Emma's parents. Yeah. Because I feel like she is not at all Shane's daughter. No. I don't see a little bit of Shane in her. No. Except for her height. So, yeah, he storms off and he bumps into Wheels like an asshole. And Wheels makes a beeline for Spike. And he's like, oh, you're okay? What happened? And Spike's like, Shane and I broke up. And she's like, I still think I want to put the baby up for adoption. I'm glad they're not going to see each other anymore. She's like, 
what happens if I love it too much to give it away? And we was like, you got to just do what feels right. She's like, I just don't know what to do, what the right thing to do is. And like, yeah, that's fair to feel that yeah. way. You were fucking 13. You're 13 years old. So she closes her locker, goes over to see Wheels. And she says, if I do give it up for adoption, I want to be able to meet it later on and explain why I gave it up. And she goes, you don't think that's wrong, do you? And Wheels says, no. And this is when he sort of realizes like, oh, I didn't really think about Mike as the kid that had me. I thought about yeah. him as the dad that left me. But I have to think about it the way Spike and Shane are, where it's like, he just wanted to do the best for me. I do feel bad that I gave him such a hard time because he realizes in Spike, like, how hard this decision is. Yeah. And how much, like, she's agonizing it. Yeah. Um, we cut to Mike drumming and a cut off, like, sleeveless t-shirt. Yeah. And he's, he's okay. Which, like, I feel like it's very much of this moment. Yeah. Like, you definitely see that, like, yeah, he's kind of a kid. Yeah. They're, once again, practicing at the Duke of Connaught. Yeah. And Wheels walks in on the carpeted bar floor. Yeah, while all the chairs are, like, still up, upside down on the tables, because they're not open as a bar yet. Nope, not yet. And he sees Wheels and sort of stops drumming. The band takes a break. And he's like, hey, guys, give me a second. He's very much the leader of this band. Yeah, it's his band. It's Mike and the Drifters. It's his band. He's like, hey, I should have talked to your parents first. I just couldn't wait. And I didn't want to hear them say no. I just wanted to see you. I get that. I make a lot of mistakes. I get get it. And I feel like that's so selfish, though. Yeah. It's still very selfish. And Will's like, is it okay if we don't see each other for a bit? And Mike's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. We, we don't talk enough about Wheels's very Canadian accent. Yeah. We were talking off mic about all of the iconic Canadian accents. Yeah. And Wheels's is very distinct. Yeah. Well, you know, can I call you sometime? Can I is it is it okay if I call you sometime? Yeah. Um <laughs> I think Caitlin honestly has the most Canadian accent. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the especially when she gets more speaking roles in the later seasons, like yes. in Degrassi High. Yes. Wheels is pretty good. Joey has a very Canadian accent. Yeah. It's weird though because I think I think Wheels grew up in Toronto. Like I think he's from Toronto. Probably. I think and so. And you don't hear very much the Canadian dialect until you go into like the southern Ontario. Yeah. Like Kitchener, Brantford, yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Anyway, Little, oh yeah, little little geography for you, eh? Yeah. So, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna talk to my parents, but like, can I call you sometime? Can I call you sometime, eh?" Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, my friends call me Wheels." And Mike's like, "Okay, Wheels." And then Wheels has like this weird smirk, and he's like, "Hey, you still got my necklace?" And Mike's like, "Your necklace?" And Wheels like, "Yeah, mine. So you can give it back to me, you jerk." Oh. And then Mike, who had it in his super tight jean pocket. Had to pulls it out. fish it out of his little jeans. Yeah, and tosses it to Wheels, and Wheels gives a big smile, and we roll credits. That was a very cute moment. Right? I think it was really, really cute. So I think it's 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 nice that, like, you know, that like this is very progressive. Like we were saying, for the time, like, to have an adoption story with to the have, birth parent. To have an adoption story on TV 
where it kind of talks about like the parents accepting the relationship of the bio parent was very progressive because i feel like of that time it would have villainized the bio parent or it would have been like an after school special where it's like oh becky and steve got pregnant and they gave their kid up and like they'll never see it again and like that was the good thing about degrassi was they tackled things that would only have been tackled in the after school special style um of shows but on a weekly basis where it's like oh hey like there's this kid who got pregnant but it's not just going to be a one-off we're going to tell the story of them getting pregnant them deciding whether they want to keep it them just them having the kid them juggling school and the kid like yeah like it was an ongoing story with agonizing decisions that they're gonna have to make yeah um I like I like that they touched on this what like we said like adoption story because a lot of early um 80s 90s don't yeah and they don't do it in the right way of like the guilt the shame the um the bio parent adoptive parent trying to figure out how they can both be involved yeah um so I I I really like that for sure and I also think that we need to rate everybody's Canadian accent because I'm just realizing <laughs> that they all have one and some are very stronger, very much stronger than others. It's weird because sometimes it's like because we obviously have them to an extent, we don't hear it no, as much. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't have Canadian accent. Not in the way they used to. <laughs> obviously, things have evolved. <laughs> eh? But... Um, <laughs> No, wheels definitely has some word. Like it's it's usually with certain words you hear it. Yes, Caitlin, I hear it the most. I hear it more with wheels than Caitlin. It's also weird to think like if they had like a Canadian dialect coach or if they had like like an American teaching them acting or whatever. Fun like fact, um, this is so off topic, but Ryan Gosling, who's yeah. from Canada, yep, he's from, from Brantford, I think. But he went to like Aldershot High, like in Burlington. Is he from Burlington? He, I mean, I when I worked at the hospital in Burlington, his mom worked there. Like, okay, so maybe he's from Burlington. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably wrong. Anyway, he hated his Canadian accent. Um, tried to model his accent when he was on the Mickey Mouse Club after Marlon Brando. Okay. And then had to have a dialect coach <laughs> come and help him drop the canadian accent doing like breaker high yes him so and tyler Levine. so that's why he sounds like he's from brooklyn yeah because they tried so hard to get rid of the canadian accent which he like i like the canadian accent i don't even think he had one to begin with no i mean if you if you go back and watch i think one of his first acting roles was that are you afraid of the dark episode the tale of station 109.1 or whatever yeah or 108.1 because it's like the dial ends at 107.9 so it's like this the dial goes past that and that's the one with gilbert gottfried and him (gasps) where it's the radio station for the dead people yes um anyways i think he has a bit more of an accent there and then say cheese and die the goosebumps episode because he did both the canadian filmed children's horror shows were sort of his jumping off point after mickey mouse club yeah and then he did young hercules Yes, and, and then Breaker High. So Young Hercules is where he really tried to shake his Canadian accent. Yeah, well, because Kevin Sorbo, who yes. played older Hercules, yes. doesn't have a Canadian yeah. accent. And then in Breaker High, I think, is where you start to hear more of, like, the New York, Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Um, I fucking loved Breaker High growing up. 
I it was one of those shows I'd never give a chance only because like my sister liked it. So I'm like, uh, oh, if my okay. sister liked it, it must be a girl show. I loved it. I that loved... and Student Bodies. Where oh I'm my like, God, oh, Student Bodies good shows. was so good. But again, it was like my sister was into it and I'm like, I can't be seen watching the same show as my... The only thing that I would like watch with my sister but never admit to... Please say ready or not. Sailor Moon. <gasps> Fighting I ne- I Evil never, by Moonlight. I never watched Sailor Moon. <gasps> I... I just, I never was, like, a really big cartoon fan. That's fair. That's fair. So, I never liked Sailor Moon, but I fucking love student bodies. I loved, I loved um, Ready or Not. Busy and Amanda. Busy and Amanda. I like the one where uh, Amanda, no. Gets, yeah, locked Amanda, in, gets locked in the mall. No, where she has the, the crush, or she keeps having, like, I don't know if she, she's not having wet, she's having, like, horny dreams or horny thoughts sure. about, uh um busy's older brother oh, where she keeps he, imagining him in the shower honestly though he is hot he ends up marrying i forget who actually is like a pretty big actress now or like medium big i forget who she is but he like the oldest brother my god yeah i yeah. feel like i identify with amanda because i remember watching that and being like that is an Italian stallion. Well, because, like, that episode is, that like, Amanda, is, yep. she keeps having, like, dreams about him. Like, obviously not wet dreams the way Arthur does think, coming up into Grassy, but, like... I think Busy had three brothers or two brothers? I think two brothers. And, well, because in that same episode, though, Busy writes... They have, like, the anonymous question box in Sex Ed. And Busy writes, like, one time I had an itch down there, and oh. I scratched it, and it felt good. Oh, is that wrong? That's... And I... Like, years later, I'll, I'll never forget that being like, I can't imagine if a girl had asked that. Uh, obviously, sex ed was split up between boys and yeah. girls, so I would have never known a girl said that. But, like, imagining that, like, oh, girls like touching themselves. Oh, my God. Seeing that as a kid, I'm like, whoa, this, this changes everything. This is, this is brand new information. Yeah. Because that was the one, like, Degrassi talked about boys having wet dreams, but they never really talked about girls masturbation from what i remember at least in the old series they, they it was do, it was still so taboo they do a little bit further on in degrassi the next generation okay yeah i thought so there's a scene with claire and Allie. okay where they talk about it a little bit okay which like yeah let's talk about like female masturbation female pleasure like yes i'm glad degrassi's like Nope. It took them a long time to get there, but like it was the it was I think the the final bridge to cross because like for the longest time it was sort of like oh no like you know women don't have pleasure. Women don't think about these things. Yeah. And I'm glad Degrassi touches on it because it is natural. It is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, we're all over the place. We're but all this is the most I think <laughs> random episode. We talk yeah. about everything. But um so to let you know for next week, the episodes that you're going to want to watch are Episode six of um, Degrassi: The Next Generation. Yeah, which is called like the the Big Night, or I forget what it's called, but it's like it's the one where Jimmy and Ashley it's their anniversary, and Ashley's wondering like, oh, should we go all the way? Yes, it will. Will they or won't they? And then the junior high episode you're going to watch is the one where uh, uh, Shane and Spike have sex at Lucy's party. Yes, so we're backtracking a little bit. In yes. this episode, Spike is pregnant. Next week, we're going to talk about... The Where she con- gets pregnant. The conception, if you will. Yes. Um. So stay tuned. Both are some of my favorite episodes. Oh, for sure. So it should be very, very good. 
Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we'll uh, be back with you next week. Bye.